You're a small business, you work hard, but you don't have a huge marketing budget and you're always looking for new ways to find customers. Have you ever thought about audio? You're listening to an ad right now, aren't you? Introducing AudioGo, a new online platform that lets you run ads on the top podcast and digital radio stations. Don't have a radio ad? We'll make one for you. Sign up for free today at audiogo.com. AudioGo, audio advertising made simple. Right now, switch your family to T-Mobile and get four lines for $25 a line with AutoPay and 5G access included on America's largest 5G network. So don't wait. Get unlimited and nationwide 5G access for the whole family for just $25 a line. Visit a T-Mobile store or T-Mobile.com today. Plus taxes and fees. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using over 50 gigs a month due to data prioritization. Video at 480p. Unlimited while on our network. Qualifying credit and 4 plus lines required. Capable device required for 5G. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain features. See T-Mobile.com. What's up, everybody? This is Scott Yeager here with another edition of Challenge Mania. This episode is brought to you by Poshmark. If you get the Poshmark app, you can get $5 off your first order. That's where you can buy clothes straight from people's closets, but they are great brands. You can actually go buy some of Brittany Nicole's clothes. I don't know if you saw her over on Twitter saying she is putting her stuff up on Poshmark, so you could actually wear something that was worn by Brittany Nicole if you get the Poshmark app today and use the code Challenge Mania to get $5 off. All right, you guys didn't come for me. Who'd you come for? You came for D. So on the line right now, double doink himself, Mr. Derek Kaczynski. What's up, buddy? Yeah, I'm here, but I'm not here in spirit, Scott. I'm sorry, man. That was tough. Yeah, you know, I mean, I was so distraught that I came home and I took down all the Christmas decorations. Oh. The whole Christmas tree, all the lights. And turned into the Grinch for a solid 24 hours. <sighs> that was tough, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, but I mean, I wasn't as pissed as the guy that the Barstool Sports guy who was like, like, I don't know. I mean, there's some angry people out there. You know what I mean? There's some like, and I, and I get it. Like he should have. Yes, of course. It, of course, we wanted to make the make the kick. You know what I mean? But how many people can really kick field goals? You know what I mean? Like, could you kick that? You know what I mean? And I get it. Like he gets paid a lot of money and stuff like that. And I'm not trying to let him down. Let him, let him off easy, but come to find out it did get tipped, you know, come to find out the strategy was the other team called a timeout. He made the first one. Right. But then what they did was they iced the kicker. Um, and, uh, I, I do think that there will be another Ace Ventura movie based on this. Based on the Bears kicker, there will be an Ace Ventura three, and it'll be about Cody Parkey. It is. It is a little crazy. I've always said the one weird thing about football is that so many humongous games and moments come down to a player who they literally don't even sell his jersey at the stadium. You know what I mean? Like the the guy on the team who could walk into a shopping mall and probably shop for four hours and never get recognized. He's the one who wins the Super Bowl. He's the one who loses the playoff game. It all comes down to the kicker. So it's interesting. And uh, those guys end up being either the hero, like Adam Vinatieri, or this guy. And, and, uh, you know, after it initially happened, it really did feel like the day that with the Bartman guy – reached out and, and, and knocked the foul ball 
away from Moises Alou in uh, in left field uh, in the in the World Series game, uh, or was it going to go into the World Series, um, or was it? Yeah, yeah I you're think talking was, about Bartman. Yeah, it really it really had that Bartman feel, you know, like this is going to be the fall guy for Chicago for a very long time, you know, and the reason why they didn't, you know, win the championship, which it was just a playoff game. But for us, you know, we haven't, you know, we haven't been in the playoffs since like the Erlacher days. I mean, color during the color years, you know, we, I think we made the playoffs, but he, we got into the playoffs with Cutler uh, behind McCown winning the football, like the last eight games, McCown went on like a, seven, like seven, seven wins and, and one loss streak. And then they played Cutler in, in the playoffs. I believe that's how it went. And then he gets hurt and we put in like our third string or some shit like that. I don't know, but it's been, it's been rough for the Chicago bears. You know what I mean? Always like the Packers are always winning and the Vikings had their run, you know what I mean? But you know, and, and like, as you know, Scott, like the Jaguars made it there last year and they won what four games this year. Yep, uh, I believe we're going into the seventh pick of the NFL draft, going back to Jacksonville after a AFC Championship appearance that was a a quarter away from being a Super Bowl appearance, and then the year before that was the fourth pick in the draft. So a little excitement sandwich on some uh, shit bread. Yeah, I'm, we're just hoping not to be the Jaguars next year, Scott. That's a nice bar to set. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know what? It was a terrible weekend for you football-wise, but it was a great year for Challenge Maniacs in general because we had a really fun DraftKings contest where somebody won an all-expense-paid trip to a Challenge Mania live of their choosing. But the fun's not over yet, folks. DraftKings enjoyed your guys' response so much that they want to partner with us once again for Championship Sunday, which is the AFC and NFC title game. It will be Sunday, January 20th. So not this weekend. The following weekend, we're doing another contest. But get this, D, to celebrate our 100th episode, which is happening next week, DraftKings is making this contest free. 100% free, and you can have as many entries as you want. (laughs) Unlimited entries, 100% free to play, and you still win if you win this thing. First place, $1,500 in travel fees and the two VIP meet and greet tickets to the Challenge Many Live you're choosing. I mean, what a way to ring in our 100th episode, D. Shout out to DraftKings and all the Challenge Maniacs that, you know, made this possible. And, you know, like that's, I think that speaks a lot for our audience. You know what I mean? Like this is, that's pretty cool, man. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, some more fun information to announce that we want to get to. So we do have Natalie Negro, Negra, we do have Natalie Negrotti on the podcast, by the way, you'll hear me call her Natalie Negrotti. That's what I've been calling her to her face on the podcast for a year. And she's so damn polite. She's never corrected me. Natalie Negrotti is on the podcast today. Um, and we have a great interview with her coming up, but we do have some stuff, some great information to give you guys. So go ahead and fast forward if you don't want to hear the information, but I'm telling you, you do. All right. On the 27th of January, January. That's the day after Challenge Mania Live here in New York City. Challenge Mania Live, there are less than 40 tickets left. So if you want to come and see Marie Rhoda and Susie Meister, Kenny Santucci, Derek, and myself at Caroline's on the 26th, 3 p.m., we're going to hit the stage for our live Challenge Mania show. Go to challengemania.live for tickets. There's less than 40 left. But the next day, the next day, D, we're going to be at Jack Dempsey's in Manhattan starting at 5 o'clock for Yep, I Like Wrestling's Royal Rumble Party. And you can come watch the Royal Rumble with me and with D for free 
All you have to do is RSVP to us if you're coming to watch for the Challenge Mania Cats. RSVP to challengemaniapodcast at gmail.com. Let us know you're coming, how many people you're bringing. When you get to the venue, you're going to let the bouncers know. You're going to let whoever checks you in. Maybe our friend Sonny Sofrito checks you in. You're going to say, we're here for Challenge Mania. They're going to bring you to our specific floor. Jack Dempsey's has multiple floors. There's going to be a floor that is going to be predominantly or entirely Challenge Maniacs. So when you get there, say Challenge Mania. They'll bring you to our floor. It's going to be awesome. We're going to be there all night watching the Royal Rumble. We're going to have some contests we're gonna have giveaways i'm making a limited edition royal rumble themed challenge mania sticker that you have to be in the house to get there's no other way to get it and uh, and i think everybody there might be able to get one it depends how many people show up make sure you rsvp we got to keep we got to make sure we know how many people are coming so they know what floor to put us on you got to go to challenge mania podcast at gmail.com put it in your google machine and email us let us know if you're coming and how many people it starts at five o'clock doors open at five there's a two-hour pre-show and then the the main pay-per-view starts at seven but guess what they th- they do matches the whole time and if you want a good seat if you want to make sure you get in show up at five we'll be there starting at five at least i will uh who knows when d will get there but uh but yeah d very exciting stuff man yeah you're a big wrestling fan these days oh pfft. you guys don't even know me yet like it, it, it's really weird because the way like wwe gets me amped like by the way they just like present themselves the way they they uh you know they talk shit to each other i mean it's just like I just fall right in it. Like I just fall in as a character and, um, and I, I really become a knucklehead Scott, you know, um, you know, worse than I am on this podcast. Uh, but I do think that if there is a max capacity of, of our list that the challenge media live people should get dibs, obviously, if there is, if there is a, you know, cap, of how many people can come? Well, here's yeah. what we're going to do. You got to RSVP. We're capping it once we... There's no cap to how many people can come because there are different floors in this place. But if you want to be on the floor with us, RSVP ASAP, Podcast at gmail.com and show up early. Show up by five, maybe a little bit earlier to get online. They will tell you what floor to come to to watch with me, watch with D. We're going to have a really fun contest. I don't know how many people get to play in the contest. We're going to do one over at patreon.com slash challengemania where everybody gets a number and if the person who uh, came out at your number wins the Royal Rumble, you win some Challenge Mania swag. We'll do one of those in the building as well. Uh, It's going to be awesome. If you've never watched a WWE event at a bar with a bunch of wrestling fans slash Challenge Maniacs, you don't know what you're missing. Um, So come and hang out and watch the Royal Rumble with us. It's going to be a good time. RSVP, Challenge Mania Podcast at gmail.com. If you're one of those people who cringes every time D and I go on a seven-minute tangent about Jake the Snake Roberts or Ted DiBiase on this podcast, maybe don't come. That's fine. Stay home. That's all good and fun because we don't need any Debbie Downers in the house on Sunday the 27th. But if you like that stuff, if you're the ones who are tweeting us saying, we want more wrestling, we want more wrestling talk, NWO, too sweet for life. If you're one of those people, show up, Royal Rumble Party on the 27th, the day after Caroline's. It's a Challenge Mania weekend here in New York City, January 26th at Caroline's, 3 o'clock. Get your tickets at challengemania.live. And the following day, 5 p.m. at Jack Dempsey's here in New York City for the Yep, I Like Wrestling Party. Follow those guys at Sunny Sofrito, at Yep, I Like Wrestling. Yep, ILW, I believe, on Twitter. They host parties every month. We're going to be at this one, but every month they do them for NXT shows. They do them for every WWE event there is, and they're really fun. Uh, check those out, but email us, challengemaniapodcast at gmail.com and RSVP, just like we do for our challenge viewing parties. RSVP and let us know so we know who to expect. Um, told you guys we're back with DraftKings. That's amazing. We added another guest to our Austin show. 
It is the 16th of February. Austin 216, we're calling it. We had a couple of, of newbies. We had a couple of the young guns, the young bucks. We had Nelson. We had Hunter. But now this is going to be straight old school versus new school, D. Because guess who else is coming out to Austin with us? You haven't seen this woman in 10 years. She's a challenge legend. Katie Cooley, a.k.a. formerly known as Katie Doyle, will be in the house in Austin, Texas with us. How dope is that? Yeah, and if you don't know Katie Doyle, she'd kick a young buck straight in the chin back in her day, back when she was Katie Doyle. Now she's Katie Cooley, but um, she's she, she is she is one of the people that I, for the first time I like watched and observed getting out of a car and realized, wow. So this is why she's on reality TV because anything she does is entertaining, even getting out of a car. So if you can only imagine the stories, uh, that are going to be popping up at, uh, this challenge menu live, it's, uh, it's been it, it's it's old school for sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure anybody listening to Challenge Mania is a maniac <laughs> for Katie Doyle, aka Katie Cooley, now known as Katie Cooley. I said this this I joked that this show just got a lot cooler, and that's because it's obviously Katie Cooley. But seriously, there is no one cooler than Katie Doyle. I've never heard a more unconditionally positive response to a guest announcement. And don't get me wrong, we love all the guests we've ever had on a Challenge Mania live, but. When we announced Katie Cooley was doing this show, I've heard nothing but jealousy and excitement from people on the internet. Yeah, and, Kate, and Katie's awesome, but like even someone like Nelson right now, right? Like he's just coming from Paris. He's got this like, you know, he's got the new girl that's on TV. And, um, you know, he's got some previous history with some other girls on TV. I think he's on X on the Beach. I don't know if it's US or UK. One of them, right? I think I seen him in a preview for the U.S. one. I don't know. And then I think I heard he might be on the U.K. one. So by the time that hits, you know, and and this little controversy he had a couple weeks ago around Christmas time, maybe we'll be able to squeeze all that out of him. So even if you're not a Nelson fan or you're not a Young Buck fan, like, this is going to be fun. You know what I mean? All across the board, all the way dating from 10 years ago, you know, to now, to, you know, the the the, the new – the, the the new wave of uh, of challenge talent you know what i mean hunter the million dollar winner well close you know like this is there's gonna be some cool stuff here man i feel like we're it's a survivor series coming up there scott yeah if you're if you're a fan of the newer cats come to see the young bucks if you're an og fan of the challenge come to see katie cooley and obviously tko on the line right now the tickets are available at challengemaniatx.com remember get your tickets fast the meet and greet will probably sell out as these often do the meet and greets at one and the live show is at three over at the north door uh, a great venue in Austin, Texas. I'm actually going down there this weekend to see some family. I'm going to check out the North Door. I'll take some pics. Maybe I'll shoot a little video. But um, speaking of Mr. Hunter Barfield, when we have him on our stage, in our grasp, if you will, on Austin 216, we might have something to give him. And we might have one of these amazing awards that we have prepared these uh, Challenge Mania Awards, and we haven't been able to show you guys what we have created for these winners, but Hunter Barfield, our winner of the Comeback Player of the Year Award, we will give him his in Austin, Texas, so that'll be a fun thing for you guys to see on stage. Just want to go over some of the other awards winners. that we, We're rolling these out a few at a time. The reason we're doing that is 
I don't know if you saw, but we announced all the nominees kind of all at once, and then like slowly, a few days later, D finally put them <laughs> on his Instagram. So this time, it's like, you know, I want to make sure all these winners get their proper due. As you've seen, some of them have been nice enough to actually record uh, acceptance videos, thanking some of you guys for, for, for voting for them and stuff like that. And I want to make sure that we don't kind of just, that some of these don't get lost in the shuffle, and I want to make sure that everybody gets their time to shine. So we've already announced Louise Hayes Hazel is the winner of the best performance by a star. Hunter Barfield is the comeback player of the year. And I just quickly want to go through some of the voting for those because we're going to do a full deep dive over at patreon.com slash challenge mania. We're going to go through every category. We're going to break out the voting and let you guys know how it worked. But I know a lot of you guys are curious. So I'm just going to not go into too much detail here. We're not going to break off into a long conversation. These two are fairly straightforward, but I want to let you know how the voting broke out. So for the voting, we had a couple different uh, votes that we gathered. We gathered votes that we're calling the popular vote. That came from our pool of patrons. It was roughly 400 people voted, and that's what we call the popular vote. That made up 40% of the, I mean, sorry, that made up 50% of the final vote percentage. So... 50% came from the 400 voters that were the Challenge Mania patrons. We also got votes from experts, and we deem our experts to be those who host a podcast about the challenge, journalists who cover the challenge, and some challenge alumni and challenge veterans, some of which, most of which actually are challenge champions. That was roughly 25 votes. Those votes ended up making up 30% of the final vote tally. The other 20% was made up by 10% of my vote and 10% of your vote. So those obviously could only be 100% for one person. So I'm going to tell you right now what happened for these two awards that we just gave out. We gave out Best Star Performance. From the patrons, Louise got 62.94% of the vote. So she ran away with the patron vote. The next person down, Casper got 15.8%. Brooke got 13.9%. Booby Gibson got 7.36%. The experts, 81%, 81.81, so basically 82% voted for Louise. I voted for Louise. Derek actually voted for Casper. But when it all was said and done, Louise ended up with 66% of the final vote. She ran away with this thing. Casper was next. He got 20%. Um, and then Brooke had 8% and Booby got 5%. So just want to show you guys, Louise is what we would call a runaway winner here. Uh, when we go to Comeback Player of the Year, this one was a little closer. Actually, no, when it comes down to it, it was similar runaway status for Hunter. But um, from the patrons, Hunter got 44.94% of the votes. Brad, in the patron side, was pretty close because he got 33.7%. Ashley got 4.89%. And Kaylee got 16.56%. When it came down to the experts, 72% voted for Hunter. So a runaway winner there, and then you and myself both voted for Hunter. Hunter ends up with 64.29% of the final vote uh, with that breakdown I gave you. 50% from the patrons, 30% from the experts, 10% from Scott, 10% from D. So um, just a little bit of transparency there, letting you guys behind the curtain of the Challenge Mania Awards. I think that this was a great – look, what this did was is it added a little bit of checks and balances – not only it's not that your and my say meant everything. It's not that the experts say meant everything. It's not that the patrons or the popular vote meant everything. It's a, 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 an amalgamation of everything. And I think that we, we got some pretty great winners here. Um, we're also announcing today publicly on social media. But if you're listening to this podcast here, you're getting it a little early. Male and female competitor of the year. You're going to give them that. 
Oh, yeah. That's where we're coming out the wow. gate with second. You know, when you watch an award show, they come out with, like, one of the good awards early so that you sit through the, like, technical awards and the documentary short awards in the middle. You got a little taste of it early. Not that we have any awards. We have 12 great awards. But here, we're coming out the gate with Male and Female Competitor of the Year, and that's because I didn't want to end with that and with Cast Member of the Year and with Challenger of the Year. The reason being, a lot of the people are up for the same award, or a lot of the same people are up for those awards. So I didn't want there to be a lot of redundancy here. So, male competitor of the year. From the patrons, Hunter Barfield received 16.62% of the vote. Zach received 11.44% of the vote. Joss received 22.62% of the vote. And Tony Raines received almost half of the votes, 49.32%. From the experts, Zach received 0% of the vote. Joss received 33. <laughs> Josh received 36.36% of the vote. Tony received 36.36% of the vote. So a tie between Tony and Josh for the expert vote, actually. Although wow. uh, Tony did pull away on the patron side. And then Hunter with 27.27 uh, from the experts. Now, um, this is where the winner was decided. Both you and myself voted for Tony Reigns. Tony Reigns is our winner of Male Competitor of the Year. 55.57 is his final percentage. 22.22% going to Joss. 5.72% going to Zach. And 16.49% going to Hunter. So Tony Reigns, ladies and gentlemen. Tony time, 2018. Tony time from a competition standpoint. Uh, and and what, I, what I, you know... What's interesting here is, although he tied with Joss in the expert vote, um, you know, he, he won the patron vote, he won the expert vote, he got your vote, he got my vote. That's a sweep. So that right there is kind of a, an easy selection here. When we get to female competitor of the year, similar with the easiness of this selection. Patron vote for Sylvia, 9.45%. For Ashley, 4.36%. For Cam, 10.63%. And getting 75.48% of the patron vote, Cara Maria. On the expert side, 13.64% for Sylvia, 0% for Ashley, 36.36% for Cam. So a very fine showing for Cam from the experts, and then 50% for Cara Maria. Both you and I also voted for Cara Maria. Cara Maria's final total, 72.74%. Cam in second with 16.22%. Sylvia with 8.86%, and then Ashley with 2.18%. Uh, Car Maria, runaway winner here for Female Competitor of the Year. Congratulations to all the nominees, but Tony and Cara are our competitors of the year, and you'll see us plugging that on social today. We're going to be rolling these out over the next few days, so stay tuned, folks. Still obviously have our Elimination of the Year to give out, our Male and Female Rookie of the Years, our Most Improved, our Funniest Commentary, and, of course, Cast Member of the Year and Challenger of the Year. Um, thank you guys all for voting over at patreon.com slash challenge mania. Um, we got a ton of new patrons to announce, but given the length of this intro so far, we're going to put them at the end of the podcast. If you recently signed up to be a patron, wait for the outro of this podcast. We will give you your shout out. We appreciate you becoming a patron. Let us know uh, if you're coming to see us at one of our live shows, New York, Austin, or Chicago. Hit us up on social media. I'm at shot of Yeager on Twitter at Scott of Yeager on Instagram. He's at Derek MTV on all platforms. Hey, don't want to hear anybody complain about the length of this intro i warned you it'd be long and i told you guys to fast forward we had a lot of information to give out including revealing some challenge mania award winners continue to follow us on social for more challenge mania award winner announcements over the next few days and d got anything else before we get to natalie natalie negrati if you smell what challenge mania 
is cooking. Boom. Without that background noise or smack or whatever he did, that would have been perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, on the line right now is one of our nominees for Rookie of the Year in the Challenge Mania Awards, and she came in like a firecracker into vendettas and made it all the way to the final on the final reckoning. Welcome back to the show, Ms. Natalie Negrodi. How are you? Good, good. How are you guys? Thanks for having me. Can I just, can we just clarify, are we talking to Natalie or Natalia? Uh, for challenge purposes, you're talking to Natalia. Oh! Okay. Natalie's, you know, at home. Natalie is, you know, a really nice girl. She doesn't break deals. Natalia, you know, it's all on the table. <laughs> Can I say something? Well, you mentioned Natalia. What is with Johnny's obsession with you being Venezuelan? Because, like, we know you're Venezuelan. We find out once, and that's, like, good enough for us. He mentions it, like, three times in interview. Do you notice that? Yes, I actually did notice that. And other people were saying that to me, too. I guess he just lo loves his Latin women. I mean, there's Nani, then there was me. So he just loves a good Latina. How are you doing today, Natalie? I, uh, I was joking off the air that you're fired up and ready to go. Uh, there were a few times this kind of offseason and then towards the end of the final reckoning where, you know, you would you would say publicly like, you know, I want to come on to talk about this or other people would be saying, oh, there's more to this story. And you'd be like, well, just wait. I want to give my side, too. So we're, yeah. we're lucky to finally have you on here on our uh, I believe this is our third episode into the new year, 2019 here. Wow. Three is my lucky number. So thanks for having me. It's um, our lucky number two and you this is your second time on the show if dare i say the first time you came on natalie it was very early on in the vendettas run you had filmed the whole thing but you were kind of new to the like being a challenge personality thing i think it was one yeah. of your first major interviews talking about the show and there was a lot of your content hadn't really aired yet and you know some people i think and wrongfully so in, in some regard but accuse you of being a little bit reserved and not wanting to rustle yeah. any feathers and now i think I, I i you know tell me if I'm wrong here, but two seasons in a final under your belt and knowing that in this world, unlike big brother, you know, all bets are off when it comes to yeah. what you can or can avoid saying or want to say about folks Listen. on or off the show. So I'm glad to have you back in this I new Natalie 2.0. So I will say whatever I want to say and how I'm feeling. People don't realize I used to work nonprofit. So I worked for a nonprofit organization for children and I was very reserved before I got into TV. So I've Finally, you know, I'm okay being in my own skin and being who I truly am out in the public. So I'm very, I'm an open book now. It, it, isn't it a, like a weird TV though? Like, because in some, in some cases you want to be this like, you know, role model. And I would, from my perspective, my point of view, like the big brother people do have this more like clean coming out, clean cut look and like clean cut, you know, like personalities and stuff like that. So they can get these like, you know, cool, like well-rounded, you know, sponsors or people to back them up. Whereas yeah. like the challengers are this like raw, savage. rugged, savage, yeah. savage. So it's just funny, you know, once you get into the TV game, you're like, no, Natalie versus Natalia. Two different yeah. people. And so I'm just interested to hear like, you know, the, the, the differences. And like you said, Scott, I mean, she's been doing this for like two, you know, two, two, three seasons. Now she's in it. Like she, she gets it now, even though she did stop herself from, from saying, I don't give a fuck. She was like, I, 
she's like, I don't give an F, you know? Well, I curse a lot. I didn't know if we can curse in this live or not. I was trying yeah. to respect all of you guys. No, <laughs> you know what? We try. We, we try. We try We to. appreciate that. I think one or two an episode for effect is perfect. Some of our guests have abused it in the past. Um, Got it. <laughs> yeah, a certain partner of yours may have, uh, you know, kind of blurred the the line there of how many times you can use the F word in a 30 minute period. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, you know, let's start at the beginning of, of the final reckoning, because, you know, like I said, I mean, we, we did, you know, we, you know, and, and maybe we can even touch on what you learned from that first, you know, run on Vendettas, because I think a lot of your performance, besides, of course, that first race, which meant so much, um, did come after we had initially spoke to you. But, but you know, I think a lot of people want to know you were you guys were one of the most talked about teams for the entire season of the final reckoning for some good reasons and some bad reasons. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when you look at the season as a whole, you guys had this great what I would call redemption journey of, you know, making your uh, way, yeah. you know, and, and you lost a few times times at the beginning of the season here's my first question to you what was it like watching this after the fact you know where you guys end up obviously you know you guys yeah. come in i believe it was third um yeah. and and you're probably sitting on social media watching everyone complaining as you guys lose but get thrown back into redemption of how many chances they're going to get and this and that how much how much was that you know did that hurt your feelings at all were you just like hey it's the format hate the player don't well, hate the game you know that's how I thought. I was like, listen, it's the format. It is what it is. We use the tools we are given. And guess what? If these haters were on the show and they were in my shoes, they would do the same exact thing. They would try to see in the game however they want. And I just feel sometimes disrespected by challenge fans because my whole fucking body is scarred from head to toe. I have scars everywhere. My knees are so messed up and I've hurt my back. I haven't been able to walk for a month before. Like I give this show my all and I'm not a quitter. So it kind of does sing a little bit when people are like, yo, like you suck or yo, this, that, you don't deserve to stay on the show. It's like, listen, I am giving my all, like my heart, my soul, my life into this show and my safety. So it kind of does suck when people have some bad banter to say, but I mean, I've grown a lot of thick skin now and, um, listen, I'm going to be on the challenge whether people like it or not, but yeah, I gave it my all and I got to use the tools that I was given to stay in the game. I was not great at eliminations and I learned on final reckoning, how to be good at eliminations, how to prepare, how to stay focused and how to actually win them. So fuck everyone. And I did it, whatever. I, <laughs> I, I made it to a final, like get over it. You sound <laughs> like, you sound like a three, four, maybe five year veteran of this show at this point with, uh, <laughs> with that, uh, fire I can hear under there. What were we saying D? Well, to all the haters out there, for the most part, usually when people start doing the challenge, they still kind of suck. They all kind of suck. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't, it's not like, uh, it, you know, you go in there and you're just like dominating shit, like right off the bat, like, like, you know, what, what, what to expect. I mean, I was like going into my first challenge. I'm like, I'm going to drink all these real worlders under the table. <laughs> I was like, oh, you want me? Oh, you pick me to do road rules because I can't party with the best of them. Is that what you're saying? I walked into my first challenge with a beer bong and a vodka bottle and said, oh who wants some? Who wants some? And then won the first challenge after I pissed everybody off. You know what I mean? First physical challenge. Yeah. And pissed everybody off. So it's like, you know, uh, you know, it's like so for people that are hating on you, I just think people like to get under people's skin. And I, I think you you've you've played you you've done a really good job. I think it's surprising when newbies, you know, make it really far their first time. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so let's go back to the beginning of this season where you guys got knocked into Redemption House um, and then kind of tried to fight your way out a couple times and weren't able to do so. There was an elimination early on. Glenda has a question about it. That was the first real visual you know, proof of these equalizers that were being employed by the challenge gods in an effort to make things fair for guy girl teams going up against guy girl teams. And in the one yeah. I'm the one in question, there was Paulie kind of doing the same thing that Cam was doing. Um, and when you guys ended up losing that the next day, a lot of screenshots started going around that showed Paulie had clearly a lot more resistance on his end yeah. than Cam did. Yeah. So, you know, everyone started begging the question, you know, how far can an equalizer be swung in the other direction? Here's Glenda's question. What did Natalie think about equalizers that were employed on the final reckoning? Were they too much? TJ talked about that if they're going to do it again, mixed gender teams leaning more towards puzzles, endurance, and bodyweight stuff. Do you think that's better or just stay away from mixed gender format where the equalizers might need to be employed for fairness? No, um, I mean, that's a great question. And yeah, of course, I loved it. I experienced it. I do believe, I mean, I am a challenger, so I'm going to be a little biased, but thinking objectively as like a producer, I would say, maybe look into equalizers a little more like for this one, the equalizer, first of all, it would have been really smart. Like looking back on that season, it would have been really smart for me and Polly to have chosen Joss and Sylvia. They were a team that voted against us. It would have been more equal girl to girl, guy to guy ratio. Sizing is pretty good for both of us. Um, you know, so we should have chosen them, but at the same time, when we, you know, I let my ego get in the way and I wanted to go after my vendetta because they also voted me in and I mean, that wasn't really smart because we thought we asked about the equalizers and they're like, yes, it's it's an equalizer. It's going to be fine. So we're like, all right, cool. You have to think of it this way. Paul, it's Polly against Cam. Cam is way bigger than Polly. Cam is a beast. She's a monster and she's way bigger than him. So and she's a female. So no matter what, like she's very, very strong. So he did have way more resistance on his band because he's a man. And on top of that, she's bigger than him. So we are screwed from the beginning. So, yeah, there are equalizers that do make it equal, but I think they need to look into making the equalizers a little more equal when it comes to certain players. It's a tough one. It's a sticky situation. I, I hate this equalizer question. You know, it, it comes up every now and then, you know, and rightfully so we can ask the question and we even brought it up to TJ and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I, I kind of want to put an end to it. You know, like for me, it'll all, there will always be an asterisk behind yeah. that elimination there will always be like what it just you know like the like the challenge gods just you know the luck of the draw yeah wasn't thought through enough whatever it may be you know it didn't come out you know on the on the show and stuff like that so I, I'd really just like to put a dagger in that yeah you know? and but you know. I'm- I'm also a believer that like, I'm, I believe in energies. I believe that you're supposed to be in a place at a certain time. And I believe they were just supposed to win that game and stay in the game. And we're supposed to go into redemption. Those are the cards that were dealt for us. So no matter an equalizer or not thinking my own, like this is my own thought process. Like they were supposed to win that we're supposed to lose it, but equalizers can be fair and they could be unfair. Like the boulder challenge towards the end. Yeah. It was the boulders were each weighted for each team. Imagine if, Imagine if you had uh, Tony and um, Tony and bananas with the same ball, the same weight ball that me and Polly had, or that two a two girl girl team had. Um, it wouldn't be fair completely. They would crush all of us. So there are equalizers that work, equalizers that don't really work. 
As as competitors who I'd imagine, and I know particularly your your partner has a tremendous amount of pride, and that's why, like, you know, after that elimination, he was very vocal the next day, and I think Kara, even in her recap, made sure to mention the, the band issue. Uh, do you wish there was just more transparency on screen that laid out, okay, this is what we're attempting to do here to even the playing field? Because that way, as a viewer, we would, A, know what to look for. So, like, when we're watching the Boulder Challenge or we're watching the Band Challenge, we can tell, oh, that looks funny, but that's why. And then the yeah. next day, a cast member doesn't have to go into business for themselves and wonder if they're going to get in trouble or not by yeah. revealing something like that. It's just all kind of on the table. Yeah, I think that that transparency nowadays is so important. I mean, we're in the age of honesty. You know, people are very sensitive. People are also, I mean, we have social media. People are FBI agents on their own. So I think that, if, you know, we have to adapt to the different culture change. And um, I feel like the challenge now has, you know, it's evolved, but it's 2019. And maybe TJ should announce in the beginning, listen, uh, for all the viewers to know, this is, you know, this is the equalizer for this one. So you all know it's fair because, you know, a big thing I've been seeing on social media is fairness of the game. What's rigged, what's not. And that's none of my business because obviously I'm not going to speak upon that, but it would be better if TJ would announce like what exactly is being done so that the viewers can be like, okay, this is legit. Okay. This is what we can expect from this. Mm. Yeah. And you know, what, what does is it takes away from, you know, us really pushing to this thing being like a sport, you know, Emily Schramm, Emily Schramm brought something. He's brought something when we started doing the podcast, you know, we really, we really questioned, is this a sport? Is this a sport? You know? And you know, we, we have, we have the history behind it. We have the wins, we have the losses, we have the championships, we have the grueling grudge matches, you know, and, um, you know, we have players that suck. We have players that are really good We have players that are in between, but to make a long story short, you know, is this a sport? And Emily Schramm brought up, you know, we want to see the times we want to see the, you know, we want to see, you know, see it through and through, you know, um, yeah. fully examined, you know? So, yeah. um, but yeah, like I said, I think it has I, the potential I, to be a sport. Like look at what's, what's his name, the rock, or I don't even know his name. I don't want to misjudge them or, you know, say someone's wrong name, but they just started a new TV show. That's oh, literally the Titan just games. like, yeah, just like the challenge, but it's like super badass and it's all about the fighting. And I'm like, that's exactly what we do, but we just have a lot more drama and it's, and, you know, so we are, I feel like we are a sport, but some things do need to evolve, I believe. The, the similarities, a lot of people have pointed out that that show is basically condensed the athletic, you know, aspects of the challenge, but with none of the, as you put it, Natalie, drama. I also, like, I want to pay my respects to, like, Derek, all the old challengers, even Bananas. I mean, we're not on good terms, but I have so much respect for every challenger, CT, every previous challenger, because... You guys don't get enough credit, and I didn't realize it until I'm on the show that, like, listen, challengers don't get the credit they deserve. Listen, we have to do these crazy-ass, like, stunts, like, very scary, number one, and very dangerous, and, you know, we have to fight for our lives in this game, and we get hurt, and we get beat, and there's blood, and there's everything, and drama, and drinking. We have to do it all while partying, drinking, and entertaining everyone, and bringing the fun drama, and you know, so we have a lot on our plate and, and the challengers really don't get the credit they deserve. I'll still call, I'll still go on and, and call it after further examination, I'll still go on record and call it sports entertainment, kind of like WWE, even though, it, but it's a different type of sports entertainment. It's not scripted, you know, yeah, um, it just happens. It just happens. 
Yeah. And, and I think, and I think the Titan games, I, I don't think it's going to last that long. I just have a funny feeling that it's just not going to last that long. Like, you know, how many times, like how, how many episodes is this, is this slated for, uh, I don't know, eight, eight episodes, 12 episodes. I have no idea, but all I know uh, is because the buddy 33 of mine, seasons, 33 no. seasons. Yeah. I don't think so. Well, I mean the amount of money that goes into that set and these shoots and even yeah. just having the rock be there for seven minutes, I'm sure costs you half a million dollars. Yeah. So it, it's meant, this is a big business network TV, make a ton of money on sponsorships, do it once a year kind of thing. I don't think five years down the line, you know, I don't, I didn't watch, so I don't know their names, but like the three people who kill it on the first few seasons of Titan games are not going to be household names like bananas, Derek or CT. So I think it's just going to be a different thing. You know, I think it's a stunt show. It's like how people watch America's Got Talent, but the person who won that show could walk in here right now playing a guitar with a puppet on their shoulder, and I wouldn't know who they are. So they had. What about the Kevin Hart show? The Kevin Hart show that they, the Kevin Hart was hosting some that kind of like, like wipeout. Yeah, yeah. Yep. that's like more like an obstacle course dodgeball kind of thing. But yeah, yeah they do this all the time. It's the same yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah, it's not going to last long. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Um, okay, here's a great question for you, Natalie, because you were on the initial season where they kind of infused Big Brother into the game. That was Vendettas. That was you and Vic, who I think has officially been mentioned less than any person to ever appear on the challenge here. But congratulations to him and Nicole for getting engaged the big brother house after the fact this clearly just wasn't the place for him um but then this this vendetta um this final reckoning season is really when you know you introduce davon and jose and and paulie and the big brother not just the cast members but the big brother influence really made its way into the challenge game um and so i just want to get your take on that because there were a few moments here there was one in the finale where you guys cut that deal there was one where um you saw davon and uh and jose make their way back into to the house and start lying to people about, you know, who was saying what and what happened at Redemption House. There was a a, a clear-cut Big Brother influence that a lot of people pointed out during the season. How did that make you feel as someone who spent a lot of time on that show? And, and Natalie, you got a bad, you got a little bit of, I feel like there, she got a little bit of a bad rap there at the end of the final reckoning, trying to survive it, you know? So am, am I wrong by, by, by her getting that rap? Like, you know, the, 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 the Big Brother people are telling fibs, well, well, Derek, you know, the challengers lie just as much as the Big Brother players, but I feel like the Big Brother, we are very strategic. We're strategic players. Um, we analyze the game in a different way because we come from Big Brother. Big Brother, you play as hard as you could play because you only get one shot. You're lucky if you get two. That's mm. fair. So we play as hard as we can. You are going to do whatever it takes to win. So, yeah, psychological warfare is very important to us. Um, if we need to re-strategize like, um, Davon and Jose, I would have never thought of doing what they did. They use the camera. Oh, we get this footage. They use that as a strategy to get back in the house and use to get retract information from all the other challengers in the house. Oh, I know what they said. Oh, I know what you did. And people were, they were shook in the house. They were scared. They didn't know what they saw, what they didn't see. And then people would come clean. They said, so they were getting information from people using something that's strategy. And yeah, it is a twisted truth. There were, um, it's a elaborated truth. I mean, exaggerated truth. I would say they, there were, you know, there, we did have video footage, sur- uh, surveillance, but it wasn't as much as it wasn't 24 hours or as much as they were saying, but they used it to get information. They used that tool as a tool to get back in the house and actually get a little power because, you know, as a rookie, you're really not going to have any power in this game. 
Um, so yeah, uh, we do whatever it takes to win. And my last game move was fucked up. Like I broke a deal. Me and Polly swore on everything we love and we had to break it. I got into the final. I thought I truly made that deal with, with the intent to keep it, but I've never been, this is where, you know, you're new. I'm new in the theme. I don't know as much as a Derek or as a vet. Right. So I didn't realize you also like on Vendetta that I learned not to make deals that I'm going to break because you don't know if you're going to have to break them or not. You think you're not going to break them. And then something happens. You have to break it. You know, I didn't know I was going to be in the Troika and the two people in the Troika were going to vote against my guy, Nelson. And I didn't know what to do. I was scared. And I just let him do it instead of fighting for him. So, um, you know, I've made a lot of mistakes in this game as a new person, but I've like, I've also crushed it and I deserve a lot of credit as well, but I'm the kind of person where I sit down. I'm like, I made these mistakes. Let me improve on them. I didn't know I was going to have to break that deal. And I was told I was there like, listen, if you don't break this deal, um, from cast members that I trust, if you don't break this deal, you are not, you have no shot in winning this million dollars. I trust vets that have really played this game. So, you know, it was a million dollars and break a deal in the game. And I freaking did it. I was like, I could potentially win half a million dollars. And it was, it's a lot of money. I have 80,000 student loans. I'm a regular person. So I need the money. And I also am fighting for my family in Venezuela to get them out of the country. So that money would have gone a long way for, for me and my family. But, um, you know what, you got to do what you got to do in this game. And I've learned now moving forward. If I make another final, don't make a deal because guess what? In a final, it's just not going to work out. Who were the veterans that were saying you had to go back on that deal? Well, Kara wasn't there to like know exactly how intense the deal was, but I was like, yo, I told, we promised them. And Kara told me and Polly, like, listen, like you guys have to break this deal. Um, you can analyze, you can get the temperature of who's kind of winning in a final or, you know, the order you can't get it exactly, but you know, the top two teams performing teams in a final or the top three. And we knew that, um, Sylvia and Joss were the top performing team. And yeah, we don't know that for a fact, but it's a consensus that all the other teams can come up with. Um, Jennifer has a question since we're on that note right now. When you used the grenade against Joss and Sylvia in the final uh, and thus breaking that deal, were you thinking that you would be in the lead to win after that? Or were you just like, this is our, we have to do this regardless? No, I, I, it was our only fighting shot at actually potentially winning. Like if we didn't, we knew Joss and Sylvia were top and like we, I think that because we threw that, then, uh, Hunter and Ashley won, but we were obviously probably in third place the whole time. Maybe my loss got us, you know, way too far behind. I'm not sure. But even if I didn't get lost, the grenades would have all been thrown at us. So regardless, this final was a toss up. So it, like I know it's impossible to know this unless, of course, they were transparent about the times. But yeah, exactly. so, but but so you're you're in a place where you think, okay, I don't know if this is going to have us win or have Hunter and Ashley win, but it's our only chance to have us us win. So I'm going to go for it. If somehow yeah. you knew that you were essentially deciding who between those two teams won, would you yeah. then have not used it? Well, okay. When I was there, I was really close with Hunter. I know there was like the makeout rumors, whatever. Um, I oh, know. were there? Yeah, yeah, I had to address that because some of our salty castmates decided to go on little fan pages and spread that rumor. Um, but I never made out with him. We totally were flirt mans. It was so much fun. I like to have my fun on these shows. Um, I don't need to have sex or do any of that stuff. But, you know, a nice flirt here and there, it, it really gets you um, through the game. It's a really stressful game. 
So um, I really wanted Hunter to win. I mean, I know his family's important to him. And he was like someone that I was really close with that season. I got close with. So I was like, you know what? It's either me or Hunter winning this. But I didn't, I didn't really, you know, I didn't, I mean, there was rumors in the house that Ashley was going to take the money, but I didn't really think it would happen. So I was really like trying to help out me or Hunter in the situation. Seeing how it played out, I 100% would take back my vote. I would keep my honor, keep my, you know, integrity and, and make my promise and throw it on Hunter and Ashley and let, because Sylvia and Joss would have, they would just, they would have split the money, uh, guaranteed split it. And, you know, both of them, it would have been great for two people to get that money instead of just one. Wow. Wow. Um, you're the first person we've had the luxury of speaking to that was a part of that final. Um, something that we've kind of, you know, hindsight 2020, you know, armchair quarterback, whatever you want to call it, uh, thought would have been cool was, you know, although it seemed like they, they really loved the idea of having this one prize of a million dollars and not having the, the trickle down prizes and thus having the other teams decide who, whether they would have taken the money or not. You mentioned some of those conversations and rumors throughout the house that Ashley would have taken the money. How many times did a challenge God like straight up ask you like in the interview chair or like, you know, were you ever put on the record as, as said, like, what would you do in this scenario? I'm just trying to gauge how much like either the people behind the camera knew or you guys in the house knew about what the four teams is, you know, plans were if they did come I mean, in first. I mean, I'm pretty sure we're getting recorded 24 hours a day. It's not being shown on, you know, to, to your viewer, but we're getting recorded. I'm pretty sure they all, we've all had secret conversations throughout every single room with everyone we're close with. Like I probably told Kara, if I'm not mistaken, that I would split the money a million times. Like I would have split the money and I told everyone that asked me. So, you know, you really, you, it's, it's something that's talked about. If you're going to split the money, you're going to say it out in the open. So everyone definitely knew who was going to really take the money and who wasn't. So did, so you guys knew that, uh, Ashley would take the money from Hunter well, I mean, okay. So I heard that I heard that she was upset in the bathroom one time and that she told one of her girls that she would definitely take the money because he said some, some, you know, stuff that wasn't cool. So I heard that, but I didn't, but then out in the public, she said, I would never take the money. I, uh, she said something about, I would never take the money. We're in the kitchen in final reckoning. She's like, I would never take the money. My mom would never let me do such a thing. Like I would never do such a thing, whatever. Right. So I was like, okay, then the rumor's not true, you know? So I was like, all right, then it's not true because she said it out loud. But clearly, obviously, she was going to take the money. Where where do you stand as a, you know, just as a woman, you know, knowing what she kind of hung it on when she ended up taking the money and she puts it on those those clips that they showed over and over again of Hunter calling her those names and saying that he was going to come after her family, obviously in somewhat of a heated rage. Obviously, I don't think he meant them literally, but he did say them. And, you know, there is the video proof to back it up. There's a lot of people on the Internet and a lot of people who saw that who said maybe I would have split the money, but I at least understand why you might not want to after that where, where do you stand as far as you know could you see yourself potentially if you were in her her shoes and treated that way by someone else maybe someone you don't like as much as hunter maybe making that you know flip your judgment a little bit yeah well listen i wasn't in her shoes and hunter was really nice to me so i thought highly of hunter um but at the same time like i i didn't believe that he said those things until it was aired so, um, I'm not, I'm wasn't in her shoes, so I don't really want to like come out and say stuff and like, you know, people just have their, their remarks and her, I don't want to offend her or him. Um, 
at the end of the day, this is a game. And yeah, what he said is messed up. I'm a girl's girl all the way. What Hunter said was not okay. If I mean, I don't remember, did he apologize or not? If he apologized, then great, move forward. But at the end of the day, you are a team. The reason why they won that final was because Hunter was able to eat so many plates. Hunter can now eat everyone in this game like a Tony. So the fact that, like, those plates were worth a lot of time. So they won, and our runs were not timed. So she was beating him in things that were not timed. So the fact that he ate all those plates, I feel like really set them on the edge to win. You are a team. Uh, you both were in it together through the ups and downs. Like me and Polly had our ups and downs in the game too. And like, we were a team. It, it's a team thing. Um, but I believe that, you know, sharing something like this is the real, like, listen, this is the, the money is the real thing of this game. So splitting that money with your teammate that got you to the end, I think is what a team player would do. Can, can we get a little bit into Polly in the running, Scott? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah let's get let, let's get into that. Uh, there, there, go ahead. There's a lot of Polly and uh, and a lot of running going on, and uh, you know we're, we've been led to believe that that the runs were ultimately w- the reason why Ashley had beat Hunter by 31 seconds. What do you mean by they weren't timed? Do you mean that the eating challenges weren't timed, or that the runs weren't timed? There were runs that were timed. There's runs that weren't timed. Yeah. Oh, really? Which were which were just, which weren't? Uh, what do you yeah. mean? Uh, it's wait. neither here nor there, Scott. It doesn't even matter anymore. But um yeah, I ran a far distance in the bush all by myself. Like it was not fun. Um yeah, that was a very interesting moment of of the of this whole situation, which sucks. Because I know a lot of people are asking, like like a lot of people are like, Oh, Polly was gonna take the money and Polly told me at the final, this is why I was defending him, because Polly told me at the final that listen um, I got like, I told, I said it when you weren't here that I was thinking about taking the money from you because you got lost in the run. And then when we were on that, remember when we we're on the platform, <laughs> we we're on the platforms and Polly convinced the other teams to drop down before us. It actually, I said added, but it, um, Polly fell before me so that I could add, I could deduct five minutes from my run. So I'm like, if he was really trying to take the money, he wouldn't have let me deduct those five minutes from my total time. He would unless, have- unless he was up uh, up on you by like 20 minutes and yeah. had five minutes to give. Yeah. Right. So- I mean, to be honest with you, that's a pretty savvy move to get you back in his good graces or get back in your good graces. Um, and I'm not going to lie. I, I hate to say this, but recent events, obviously, I think would probably make a lot of people listening to this, you know, reconsider, you know, how much might go into some claims that he might make, especially during something like that. So I, I don't know what to tell you there, but to know that he claimed that and then just like, that's your only proof that he wasn't going to take the money. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I've even second guessed it, but listen, I'm not in, I'm not going to trash anyone and he knows the truth and the end of the day, I will never know the truth, and I wish him the best. We played a game together. It was truthfully the best show, the best season I've ever played. I was the happiest I've ever been, and I'm not going to take away those amazing memories I had with him, regardless of the end end result. You know, were there really lions? Just Dude, we were in a we were in uh, <laughs> the bush, so there are every type of animal. Like, and the helicopters couldn't find me. That's why everyone's like, "Oh, you're a crybaby." Um, okay, how about you get in the fucking middle of the bush with no security and no helicopter? The helicopter can't find you. Enjoy. I was so scared. Like, I almost shit my pants. It was one of the scariest moments of my life. Wow. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, give her shit. Give her shit about being a She it almost was, got eaten by a fucking lion. That's why, that's why everyone's like, oh, it wasn't your castmate's, um, it, it wasn't your castmate's job to like keep track of you. They saw me going the wrong way. So I, as a person, so my life, what if a fucking lion ate me? Like, that's where I took into consideration. Oh, my life doesn't matter to you. I could have, like, if someone, some wild animal wants to eat me, they're going to eat me. I'm this little thing running. And like, I look like a tasty snack. So if they want to get me, they could get me. So I don't really care what anyone thinks. My life was in danger. And I broke that deal. That let, that helped me make my decision to break the deal. If my life doesn't matter, then fuck everyone. And I'm going to break this deal so that I can get this money. Well, here's the thing is he, he probably should have stayed back first and foremost. And then, uh, you know, to, to be, to, to help, to, to guide you, you know what I mean? At the very least keep That's you in experience comes into play, Derek. We didn't realize like one of us could get lost. We're uh, both clearly, I'm the fastest girl. He's one of the fastest guys. We had this in the bag. We could have just ran it together. Yeah. But- I mean. Yeah, I, I mean that's just that's just uh, what's it called? Um, that's just teamwork one hundred and one. I feel yeah. like it's like you keep your teammate like within like a distance where you can see him. You know what I mean? Unless um, if you and, think that you're a far distance ahead of him, you get to make a million dollar decision. Exactly. Uh, it, exactly. Oh, so, look at you, Scott, educating me here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this, he, he, he took the money and ran. I mean, he took the run and he took the how, run how and money. It? Yeah. <laughs> he took the run and money. Um, no, but, but we weren't meant to win this. And that's another thing. Like I believe the energy thing, I believe that everything falls into line. I wasn't supposed to win this. We didn't win it. It is what it is kind of thing. Like it wasn't aligned for us. And guess what? Thank God. Because if he took that money from me and we won, I swear to God, he would. I don't even want to tell you what would happen, but it wouldn't be good for anyone. He took the run and forgot the money, Scott. That's what he did. Hold on, I got one more. I got one more. I got one more. Because usually during these runs, we're supposed to um, we're supposed to stay close. Like, like we're not typically one of the one of the unwritten rules. Not unwritten. It's the challenge. Gods tell you you got to stay close to your partner. You can't be like. You can't be like far away. You know what I mean? So had that rule, the uh, a very historical rule been implemented in that, and you probably don't know about this now. Maybe you have, No, after, I don't. you know, but usually we're, we're not allowed to, to break away from our partners for, but for, don't uh, you normally, you're talking about seasons where you're, e- you're either, you know, on the same team as your partner and you're winning, you're going for a joint time, or you're talking uh, about like on dirty 30, where you were joint to a partner for segments uh, of the race. This is one where they really wanted there to be a discrepancy in times. And they wanted those shots that you guys, you know, separate from each other so they could validate the difference in time. Good one. Yeah. Good one. Um, we yeah. naturally kind of got to Jen's question about Paulie not abandoning you during the run. We got to Matt's question about uh, the other teams, you know, being responsible for letting you know you were going the wrong way. I want to know, I mean, in your head, do you kind of have, are you able to recount how far, how much that cost you in the sense that when, when times were given out, I don't know if they were given out to you guys at the end of the thing. And we found out Ashley was 30 seconds ahead of Hunter. And then I don't know if you ever found out how far ahead Hunter and Ashley were of you guys and vice, and also Joss and Sylvia, but did it come down to you getting lost on that first race that cost you guys the final or no? Yep. 
So I do believe that. Um, I got a lot. I'm, endurance is one of my, it's honestly my strength. I was an NFL cheerleader. That means I cheered in the heat and in the freezing cold. It, preseason games, the turf gets so hot, your makeup melts off your face, and you're dancing for four hours straight nonstop. Like you get a couple water breaks, you know, so we don't die, but we are dancing on turf in the heat and also dancing in the freezing cold for four entire hours. I was an NFL cheerleader for three years. So that's a lot of games and a lot of practices, a lot of rehearsals. Endurance is just one of my main things that just comes natural to me. Um, so I ran really far and, you know, I got really, really lost. They, um, the guy that picked me up actually told me that, thank goodness that there was one security, this young security that was, um, I guess like he had an eye on me and he saw where I went because this young security, like he had like a rifle on him. He saw me and that's the reason why they were able to find me. Cause they said the helicopter couldn't find me. So we, cause we see you, we kind of, you know, they cut to you kind of finishing up that race and crying in Paulie's arms. And you're obviously really been out of shape. So what we didn't see was you go so far that they had to like pick you up in a vehicle. And then where did they bring you to and let you finish from? Uh, I don't remember those logistics, but yeah, I was, it was, I was far fetched. Wow. So you were so far gone that they were like, we could literally fly this woman in and it wouldn't be cheating. That's how far behind she is. Well, I don't know. Like the thing is, I don't know if it was like that far. And like, because when I met with everyone else, like we didn't have watches. So it, Polly thought it was like 15 minutes, but so we don't know. It could have been 10. It could have been 50. We don't, you don't have watches. So you can't really, you don't know how far it was, but I ran and got myself lost. And then, and there's a guy, there's a guy there with a rifle standing in front of you. And you're like, wow, I could either get eaten by an animal or this guy could shoot me. Yeah. Well, well, <laughs> I, I don't know. Just kidding. He was probably a security yeah. guard. Yeah. But it was, it was not a good feeling. Like I've never, I, I've never been that scared before in my life. So I don't really care what anyone has to say anymore. Everyone can just eat dirt. My life was on the line. That's how I fell. And that's the end of the story. And I was going to play the most savage game moving forward. We've sort of theorized about this when we talk about the honor behind like swearing on your family, I think was the wording and then going back on it. And I've always maintained my stance, which is if my family knew that I gave up X amount of hundreds of thousands of dollars or a million dollars because I had said I swore on them, they'd be like, are you kidding me? Next time, say whatever you need. I, as your family, would rather you have that money and thus we have that money, etc. How would your family, as you mentioned, that you're playing for back in Venezuela, how would they have reacted to knowing that you either won the money by going back on your word and swearing on your family or the other way around didn't win the money because you held to your word because you had sworn on your family? I know that's not exactly how it played out, but. Well, the thing is I played games, big brother. I played straight shooter, very honest, no lies. Um, very, very, very loyal. I played, played this game cutthroat. Um, I played this game in the middle. So I'm trying to figure out my balance. I have not won yet any game. So playing loyal, not playing loyal. Me as a person, I'm not a liar in real life. I do not like to lie in real life. Like the real me is very diff- is is very similar, but also very different than the gamer me. Um, in real life, am I ever gonna ha- like? In real life, I'm just not gonna swear on my family's life and and lie on it. That's a little bit sociopathic. Um, that's like when you know you're a psychopath. Um, on TV show to win money where. Uh, it's a game and a game, all rules apply. Like to me, it's just, it's a game and that's the way I view it now. So anything kind of goes and yeah, my family, I feel like if, if I lost and I had the potential of winning and I could have broken that deal, my family would be like, you're an idiot. 
And and could you imagine if she did win the money and she swore on her family, which she didn't, Polly did, and she went home and like or went to Venezuela and threw this big ass party? Like, what what do you think her family would be saying? They'd be like, "Yeah, swear on us all the time." Right now, actually, what people don't know is okay. So I'm half Venezuelan, half Italian. My family, Venezuela is one of the most dangerous countries in the world. Like, you can walk outside and get shot for for the food in your hand, and it's not. I'm not a joke. It's, it's not a joke. It's free for all. So we're going through this revolution and um, it, we, people are dying of hunger. There is no food. And if you want a bag of sugar, it's going to cost you $300. Our family in Venezuela right now is staying afloat because my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, everyone in America ships them food and ships them clothing on a monthly basis. Whenever they need something, if, if anyone needs anything, we're here in America. So guess what? I would have taken that money to help my cousins get their visas. A passport in Venezuela right now, a passport has cost $3,000. People are not making money. How the hell are they going to afford a passport? And visas are getting declined left and right because it is a, a communist type of country, socialism, borderline communist. So yeah, I am fighting for the well-being of my family and to help my family get to help my family get out of there. Um, so my actually one of my cousins was and her family um, robbers came in, shot uh, you know with guns into her own home, stole everything, their food, their clothes, stripped the whole house. They actually tied them up in the bed. I don't want to give too much detail. Cousin was pregnant, so I was fighting for my family in Venezuela to get them out of that mess. So everyone can you know say whatever you want. I need that money to help my family, and this isn't a pity party because I'm going to do whatever it takes to you know make money and take care of my family. But I wanted to have that extra income to be able to help get them out. Yo, hey, on a serious note, though, for, uh, honestly, with that, like, I is it there's I think there's like a borderline civil war going on over there, isn't there? So our like, it's serious. Like the college kids are obviously fighting a regular people. Um, every single person you see, you see the most beautiful because Venezuela has some beautiful women. You see beautiful women, just gorgeous looking models, fighting with like bot like homemade grenades in their hands against their our own police against you know, our own government. Um, so everyone, you know, fights in the streets, people are, are getting killed left and right. Um, and people are starving to death. So, I mean, I could talk for endless hours about what's going on in Venezuela. Uh, but that's not what this podcast is about. No, mm-hmm. but it's definitely important to hear. And especially as far as your story is concerned and the decisions that you make when you play this game and what you're playing for. And, um, I do want to, you know, look, there's a, there's a lot of questions here about the extracurriculars, if you will, that I want to put at the end, cause I don't want to take away from this, you know, great game that you guys played on, on final reckoning. So let's go back a little bit. I know we've kind of, we we've touched on the final, uh, to, I think uh, a pretty good degree, but you had two eliminations, Natalie, in this final reckoning. Once you guys made it back into the house that were both nominated for elimination of the year, not so sure they're going to win because Derek on the line right now now him and joss maybe had one of the best eliminations ever but to be nominated for two but i'd give it to you but i'd give it to you natalia um but i mean so let's talk about both of these eliminations so the first one i want to talk about is the one that you know it actually didn't get as many votes as the other one but visually both in the moment watching this thing and then also watching you in interviews time and time again after that elimination you could see the lasting effects on your face and on your body from this elimination against brad and Kyle. So uh, let's talk about that. What was it like going through that elimination? Mike wants to know, in the ball toss elimination, was there a point where you actually started to worry something fatal or nearly fatal was going to happen to you? How much danger would you say you were in and how much time has actually passed compared to what viewers saw? I don't know what that means, but Uh how much time, I guess, were you in that ball toss? 
I was in that ball for a long time. Listen, even my vendetta, Kaylee was worried about me screaming at, um, uh, what's his name? Kyle, who was rolling me. Um, people were really concerned for my well-being. All I could remember was as soon as I got in, I kept just, I was a rag doll. And it was the most painful thing ever you can imagine because this is a cage. So I had the little holes have cre- metal edge creases that are not really polished. So every time, so mo- the motion, um, the motion is um, driving me up, right? And with, you know, with the cage, with the, with the motion, and then I'm slamming down with the motion of the cage and my full body weight um, and gravity, so I was, I had deep, deep gashes in my knees, in my chin. I actually hit my nose so hard. It felt like it was moving. I couldn't like, I was just a rag doll in there for, for, I don't know how many minutes, but it was a while. It felt like for a while and I couldn't even come up for air and you feel like you're suffocating because you're in a, in a ball pit of, um, you know, in a pit of balls. So I thought about quitting. I was like, holy shit in my head. All I can think about is I'm going to hurt myself so bad. This is the most painful thing I've ever done. And I'm going to lose. I'm ruining my body and I'm going to lose. I'm a freaking idiot. And, um, that's all I was thinking about because I couldn't even get a ball for, I don't know how long we can ask like a Cara or, or anyone that was watching. It was a long time of being spun in that cage and a long time of me just being ragdolled. And every time I hit the bottom of the cage, it was, I'm not kidding you. Like I wouldn't wor- wish that upon my worst enemy. Well, you've earned a lot of stripes, you know, from, you know, from uh, at least me, you know, like, uh, you, know, you know, watching someone uh, like yourself go through that, you know, a little bit smaller in stature, come up with that chin strap. That's those scars, those battle wounds. I mean, I, I definitely uh, gained a lot of respect for you. And I definitely think you're you've earned your stripes, you know, even on a different level. It's like um, women, even men don't even don't go through their, their challenge, uh, career. Yeah. I'm going to call it a career, whatever. Some people last for a long time. You know what I mean? And, and, and they barely get a scratch on them, you know, then you get some people that, you know, break their toe, you know, I I don't know, doing something stupid, you know, and you know, or whatever. I mean, even Leroy falls in the water and like destroys his back you know what i mean like that that's sport, like that was so scary watching him do that like that was scary yeah gets concussed falls in the water break you know what i mean it's just like people get it all the time you know what i mean but like for you like you went it went in there and I'm, I'm sorry i hope this isn't too like harsh or derogatory but this has got to be the most legal way to beat the shit out of a woman yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and, and like, yeah. this is, this is clearly a much, much larger man. And in there, Derek, people are like, I was shitting myself. I was like, Polly, please, can we switch? She goes, Natalie, you can't, you can't push, uh, uh, Brad. He's too big. Like you have no choice. And, and everyone already knew I was going in there and I was going to lose. Like we already knew the outcome of this. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it was almost the only way you could do it. It was the, almost the only way you could strategize it. Like you just had to go in there and literally take it on the chin, you know, exactly. um, <laughs> as like is, is, as clear as it can be. Like she literally took it on the chin and came out with a, a challenge battle, a battle wound. Um, yeah, I, I was, I was impressed. I mean, I'm, I'm like, I'm so glad I'm not, I'm not glad that it happened to somebody, but it's just for you to come out of there and win like a five to four game and yeah. get, get the shit beat out of you. Like, dude, that, that those are stripes, man. Yeah. Those are challenge stripes, yeah. you know? 
sure. not everybody gets it. And then you survived and then you went in and you made it to the end. I mean, it just makes more of a, for more of a compelling story I, for I me, you know, myself, like, listen, R- Gibraltar was a huge thing for me. I thought I was going to be the first one out of vendettas and I exceeded my own expectations of my abilities. Like I'd never knew I could do that. And then I did this. This is like another huge moment for me. Like I actually beat Kyle and Brad. And I experienced one of the worst pains I could have ever experienced for a long period of time. And I didn't give up and I didn't quit. Like there are so many times in my head, I was like, I should just quit. But then I thought I have a partner, Polly. And if I quit, Polly's probably going to go home with me. So having a partner in there makes you even stronger. So, um, that's why I would have split the money because, you know, you really make it through because of your partner, I would say, uh, for in my situation. But, um, yeah, it, it was not fun, but it makes me more proud of myself. All right, Maniacs, more with our guest in just a minute. I just want to take a quick second to remind you all about Poshmark. I know most of you guys already have the Poshmark app, but for those of you who don't, I'm going to give you a second here to download it, and good. You got it? Poshmark is this amazing app where you can shop for millions of closets across America. I'm telling you, they have everything. Burberry, Louis Vuitton, Abercrombie, Syracuse gear, throwback Syracuse gear, throwback anything gear, old sports jerseys, jackets, starter jackets, whatever you want. Not only can you buy things, you can also sell things. I happen to know a guy who may have about 100 wrestling shirts that his wife might want him to start selling. Hmm. Shipping is easy for both the seller and the buyer. It's super fast shipping. And if you see something you want, you can make the seller an offer. I love this app. I'm telling you, Maniacs, you will too. The best part is just for being a Challenge Maniac, you get $5 off your first Poshmark purchase. Just enter the invite code CHALLENGEMANIA when you sign up. So download the Poshmark app if you haven't already. But remember, I gave you a second to do so, so you better have done it. But if you haven't yet, download it now. Use the invite code CHALLENGEMANIA and you get $5 off your first purchase. They carry things for women, men, and children. I'm telling you, you will like this app. You will get clothing mania just like we are Challenge Mania. All right. All right. That was a little corny. All right. Back to our guest. Here we go. How long did those uh, marks lay, stay on your face? Um, so my chin, it's like a little bit still there, um, but um, I wear makeup, so it's fine, but it's almost gone. I like, I use every cream. I like over creamed it. My knees are still completely scarred. I actually Photoshop all my knee photos. Wow. Um, and I have scars all over my body from all these. Like I actually still have in my hand, um, I still have a piece of something stuck in my hand still from one of the eliminations. Um, but I'm scarred and I have to actually get that removed soon, but I have stuff. I'm still jacked up. Oh, yeah. that's terrible. So those are, those are the things, those are the, the war stories that you don't hear about because, yeah. it, because it, the, the show is over and then it's just done. You yeah, know what I mean? I saw your elimination. That was, first of all, I was a rookie and seeing you and Josh go at it and like you guys dislocated things. Your eyes were baseballs pussy like red paint baseballs like I was so like I have anxiety that gave me so much anxiety I couldn't even I had to stop watching you guys both ended up in the hospital all fucking fucked up I was feeling for you guys like I never want to see something like that again I don't even watch fights on tv because that's too much for me that was the scariest thing I've ever seen so you know you really can't give up and some people really get beat up and I'm 4 11 and a half so I'm the size of a 12 13 year old Um, people don't realize that everyone that meets me, they're like, Oh my God, you're so tiny. I didn't realize you look so big on TV. I'm like, yeah. So I'm the size of a 12, 13 year old and I'm doing all this 
it, uh, you know, beating guys that are six feet tall. So, um, I, I don't want to, I'm not playing a victim. I'm actually like proud of myself, but I wanted to share my story and how I felt through it, you know? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I'm glad you went in there and did that. I was like the, I was like the cheerleader. I was like the Jets cheerleader on the sideline. You know what I mean? With the wig and the makeup and all that, with the makeup falling off while you were in there doing your thing on TV, man. That was, that, that was badass. Um, I got it. I got to tell you guys a quick story, um, about war, war wounds and challenge scars and, and knees. And spe- specifically there was an elimination. It was, it was Timmy versus Abram. Uh, it was, it was Timmy's last challenge. Um, I, Natalie may not remember him, but, um, they had to go in and break glass. They were like in, they were in, in a box. Uh, they were, they were, uh, they had a, a steel ring on one hand, just one steel ring. And they had to punch the, themselves out of this box. So they had to punch through the top, punch through the, the, the side, the, the left punch to the right, all, all four sides. You know what I mean? And, and punch through the top. And then once they got out of that box, there was another box, a bigger box, and then a bigger box. I think it was maybe three or four boxes, right? And then the final strike, after they broke all the panels, they had to blast through the bottom. So the, the, final, the, the final strikes were blast through the bottom. So in the end, um, Timmy, who was on the opposing team, ends up winning, winning. But um, on, on the flip side, Abram ends up getting winning the match because Timmy, one of Timmy's like little panels wasn't actually broken. It was just like pushed out instead of busted. You know what I mean? But in order for them to get out of this box, um, Timmy was so big is he had to, he had to start on his knees. So when he was breaking through these things and Abram was on his feet, he could squat in this box. He was still small enough to squat in his box. So while Timmy was busting through these things, he started on his knees and the shards of glass shredded his knees and, and had, I I can't tell you how many stitches he ended up with, but, um, you know, he still, last time I talked to him, he said he still has like glass in his knees and that I maybe talked to him maybe like seven, eight years ago. And he's still telling me that story, but like those, you know, when we talk about this being a sport and hardcore and like doing shit that normal people wouldn't normally do or, or can't do, um, you know, those are the stories, man. You know, Timmy with the knees, you with the, you know, the ball and getting tossed around. The guy's gotta be six, two, six, three, pretty big. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, th- those are just like impressive feats that you're not, you, you know, you just, it doesn't happen anywhere else unless it's, it doesn't happen unless it's on something like the challenge. You know what I mean? I, that's what I said before, Derek and Scott, we don't get the credit we deserve. And, you know, I was, before I wasn't a challenger and, you know, I didn't really know how, how crazy this was and how hard it was. And now that I am, I'm like, dude, you guys deserve so much credit. Like everyone on the challenge, it's a real sport. We are, we are, you know, jumping from the highest of highest of buildings to, you know, getting glass in us to doing this, doing, you know, we do everything and it's really scary and really, really crazy. So, you know, that's why, you know, the, everything we just talked about with that last elimination. And then, you know, after that, you guys come back into the house and are also winning daily eliminations or daily challenges, I should say. And then we're going to talk about this next one. That's why I totally get the gripes with the format of the show. But once you guys, and I would argue even after the elimination we just talked about, once you guys went through that, I think the knocking you guys for not deserving to be there 
should have stopped. And then certainly after these daily wins, and then once we get down to this elimination with you guys versus Tony and Johnny. So I do feel like towards the beginning of the season, sure, you know, call it like you see it. But once you guys, you know, performed. We sucked in the beginning, Scott. Like, come on. Yeah. No, but there's another, there's an alternate universe where you guys sneak back into the house and then skate to the final like Hunter and Ashley did. No offense, but to be honest with you, I don't even have a memory of how they even performed in a daily. And I don't remember them in an elimination except the one that they headbutted their way into the house against uh, against Angela and Faith early on. They actually like I, honestly their performance until the final is completely gone from my memory, and that's probably because they didn't have much of one. They kind of skated there, and you guys yeah. did the opposite. You had two of the hardest eliminations of the season, the only two that were nominated for elimination of the year. You won a couple of those dailies, and then you almost won that last final challenge to make it into the uh, to the final, but you didn't. The electric uh, trivia challenge, but I mean, I just you know, yeah, I think that after all that you were battle tested and at the end of this season and this goes back to the flaws of the of the final reckoning as a season and we're not knocking the show because we thought the you know format wise vendettas was perfect but some of the flaws with this season with the redemption house and teams never really losing and stuff like that is that you had a couple teams who managed to make it all the way without being tested at all and then you had yeah. some teams that seemed like they were overly tested so yeah um and that's you know we ended up having a team that ended up winning who didn't necessarily get tested along the way and that doesn't necessarily matter but you know it's just kind of a you know a flaw in the system this year so i think if you're listening to this and you still think that natalie and paulie did not deserve to be in that final i mean go and watch that elimination with- i mean go and do it yourself and then call me. Thank yeah, you. Right. Yeah. Go inside. I, 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 how could you do this at home? I don't know. Go inside your litter box if you have a cat <laughs> and just kind of roll around in there for about 30 minutes. I don't know. But um, let's move on to the elimination versus. Uh, I, got, I got one you could try. I, 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 I got one you guys can try. And this is this is this is, uh, you know, borderline not, you know, not going to beat the shit out of you. But put yourself in like a tire. Find like a tire. All right. Go find a hill. Bring the tire. Uh, you want to be a real challenger? Try this. No, kids don't try this at home. Don't, don't try it, guys. Kids don't try this at home. But, uh, I beat mean. Beat yourself it, up. You know what? Just beat yourself up. And keep beating yourself up for a good 20 minutes. Carry, carry, a, carry a tire up a hill. All right? And put yourself in that tire, like a big fat tire, and just roll yourself down the hill. See how you feel afterwards. Kids don't try this at home. Yeah, please, guys. Austin, Texas. Are you guys ready for old school versus new school? That's right. On Saturday, February 16th, Austin 216, it will be the Young Bucks, Hunter Barfield and Nelson Thomas on stage with two challenge veterans, Derek Kaczynski, obviously, and also by his side, Miss Katie Cooley, formerly known as Katie Doyle, will be in the house at the North Door in Austin, Texas. Get your tickets now for the 1 p.m. meet and greet and 3 p.m. live show at ChallengeManiaTX.com. But don't wait because the Lone Star State is ready for Challenge Mania and tickets are going fast. It's February 16th, Austin 216. Katie Cooley, Hunter Barfield, Nelson Thomas, and Scott and D at the North Door in Austin, Texas. See y'all there.
let's let's get to this uh, final elimination that won you guys a spot in the final. Um, if you were scripting this, if you were a Hollywood screenwriter or Vince McMahon or something like that, this could not have played out in more poetic fashion with the history <laughs> that you and Johnny have. You outlasting him in this, you know, kind of physical endurance challenge. You, I forget what the exact time was, but it was several hours. The first part was an eating challenge that ended up kind of being a wash between Paulie yeah. and Tony. Obviously, Paulie can do. I mean, Tony can do his fair share of eating. Paulie sticks with him there. It comes down to you and Johnny in a very sort of big brothery, survivory style endurance yeah. challenge. This was like really out of a uh, a CBS style show, if you ask yeah, me. Um, so, so tell me what it was like doing that, and what it was like, you know, eventually winning against not just a guy who's the face of the show, but a guy who you obviously have a history with as well. Uh, it was it was like a beautiful disaster, to be honest. Um, it was very interesting because we never said not one word that whole five and a half hours, whatever, however long we were up there, never said a word to each other. And Cara was like jokingly like two of the two of the most stubborn people I know, of course, have not said a word to each other like this whole time um, making, you know, her side commentary through the elimination, which was hilarious. But um, yeah, it was it was really interesting to me. And it was like a bittersweet moment because, you know, no matter through the ups and the downs and me, me and him are not really, we don't really talk. Um, we're not on good terms. Like it was still like a sad moment because he took me under his wing on vendettas and he really guided me. Yeah. He's actually not a big game talker. So he didn't really talk a lot of game to me, but he was my number one person on vendettas. And so it was like a bittersweet kind of moment, um, beating him. I mean, it was sweet because, Hey, like I made my first final, that was the glorious moment, but it was bitter because I was like, you know, we have all this history and whether we're not on good terms or we are, it's kind of sad, like seeing that person go. Um, now this is something that I think everybody knows that you probably have to tread lightly with, but Abby wants to know, what can you say about this sort of controversy behind the fact that the elimination we saw was the second one that you guys had to, you know, compete against them in because of a technical malfunction in the first one. So you're not revealing this. Everyone kind of knows about this. The cat's out of the bag. I think a couple people covered it the week of the final. Tony came on our podcast and spoke about it a little bit. I know you want you don't want to get in any trouble. You also, you know, don't want to sound bitter or anything like that as well. So, you know, what can you tell us about that and how little of effect it ended up having on the the end uh, result there? Um, yeah, I don't want to get in trouble for that. Um, I mean, I don't know how much I can talk or not talk about it. But I do feel like everything happens for a reason. Um, but I, yeah, let's just not even go into that one. You know, let the haters think whatever they want to think. Um, if things were really rigged that much, then would people like a Derek or, or Johnny or all these or Carb Maria keep or CT keep coming back? Um, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. And look, I'll say this and, and look, the reason that she's, she doesn't want to say anything is because she honestly doesn't want to say anything that she doesn't, you know, know that she's allowed to say it's not because there's anything. And here, I think as all, as people who watch the show, cover the show, we can all agree. The outcome of this was that Johnny bananas ended up not making the final. Do you think anything would ever get rigged to make that be the outcome? I think not. So, um, but you know, either way, I think, you know, that the haters out there who were, who are jumping on that and trying to take away from your moment, that must've been hard to hear on social media. And also, as you just said, not being able to kind of speak up and defend yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Let's move on to the good stuff or the terrible stuff, however you want to slice it. Um, 
Are you and Paulie on bad or good terms now? He apparently unfollowed you on social media. That is from at NatChallenge01. And that Nat is you, my friend, because you are this person's profile photo. Oh, interesting. That's not me, but... Um, no, but no, it it's is- not you. It is a, st- it's a Natalie Stan. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wasn't aware that he unfollowed me till that. Um, I Listen, I told him how I felt, and I will never tear him down. I have a lot of respect for him as a friend and as a person. Um, I'm not going to tear him down. We have a lot of history. and But I did voice my opinion on how I felt about a certain situation. And if he wants to unfollow me, he can. I'm not going to unfollow him. I didn't just, you know, stop being friends with him. And, I mean, I do wish him the best. So, I mean, it, he can talk to me if he wants to talk to me. And right now I'm just I'm just working so hard. And um, 2019 is my year to kick butt. So I'm just focusing on my future right now. Yeah, 2019 and New Year's in general is something that everyone loves to start start anew and start fresh and be positive. And the challenge world really made it kind of hard to do that, considering December was such a shitstorm between that whole deal, a couple other deals, a lot of social media turmoil between a few of your castmates. I mean, talk about ending 2018 with a bit of a bang. Yeah. Um, you did make a very public statement, you know, I think that a lot of people, uh, you know, were very, a lot of people were pleased to see, honestly. And I think a lot of people were waiting to hear because you, Cara and, and Paulie had become this triangle of friendship that I think it was very public and you guys were doing cute lives together, uh, during the season and doing a lot of photo shoots and, and, and seemed to be, you know, a, a very, you know, joyous band of thieves. Um, Ashton wants to know that she says you, Paulie and Cara all seem to be very close a few months ago. Um, and she wants to know, do you have any thoughts on the situation as a whole? I know you did comment on that. I said that, but do you, did you suspect anything going on before it all came out? That's Ashton wants to know that. And you can say however much you feel like saying. Yeah. No, when all this stuff came out, I was completely blindsided. Um, it, I didn't see any of this coming. I viewed Polly as a brother and I still have so much respect for him. I'm not here to judge people's wrongdoings. I'm not God. And I'm not here to be like, you know, you like I'm too focused on myself. As you guys see, if you want, follow me on Twitter at Natalia Negrati or on Instagram at Natalie Negrati, you will see that, you know, I'm focused on myself. I mean, I go boxing now all the time and I'm trying to get stronger and better. Um, so this isn't really my focus, but I made my, my stance. I made my comment because I wanted uh, I wanted Cara to feel like she had someone. Um, I feel like a lot of our, our castmates do drag her down. And I know Cara for who she really is through the good and the bad. And I think she's a great human being. And I, as her real life friend and as a person, I wanted her to know that I was there for her. Very well said. And I think you did that. And I think a lot of, a lot of people were really happy to, to see that. I think it warmed a lot of hearts. I think that, yeah. You know, a lot of people from afar, because look, let's be honest, these are strangers kind of watching your guys' life and projecting their own feelings onto it based on a couple of Instagram posts and Twitter, you know, tweets and whatnot. But I think people wanted to know, look, you're clearly a good friend of Paulie's. You were his partner. You're clearly a good friend of Cara's. And you are you are a woman. You have that in common with her. And then, you know, where were you going to stand? So I think a lot of people were moved by your your comments and your stance initially. And then the ones I'm sure will be by what you just said. So um, we can put that to bed. I think, you know, Dean. And I've said before, we wish the best for everybody involved in that. Um, and it seems like information at least has kind of come to a standstill or a lull, which is which is good uh, for all the parties involved. And hopefully, you know, they can kind of now in private work out whatever they want to work out and move forward in whatever way they want to move forward. Exactly. 
And then in the six sad weird time machine that we have, uh, I can nor confirm nor deny, but say they did happen to film a TV show a few months ago. We'll have to watch that play out as if none of this ever happened. Okay. <laughs> um, let's touch on another uh, subject that a lot of people want to know about and get your thoughts on. Um, and it, it re in regards to Kaylee and everything that happened with you guys on Vendettas and then after the fact, um, which, which sort of played out kind of on social media. But then we did see you, see you guys air your grievances with one another on the final reckoning during the reunion, et cetera. But the, the real kind of, you know, meat here of the issue between you guys happened off camera, um, off, you know, after the after vendettas, when Kaylee, in an effort to defend herself to you, um, you know, started talking about your sexuality when you were not ready to talk about that yourself, let alone have other people talk about it. And she did so in sort of a cold fashion. And that kind of you guys were off to the races. Um, she came on our podcast uh, recently. And, you know, I, 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 wanted to, you know, I, we actually, full disclosure, had people who in the meantime had messaged me privately and said, I hope you're not going to have Kaylee on your podcast after what she did to Natalie. And I wrote to these people and I tried to be very careful. And I said, look, we're, we're, we're probably eventually one day going to have her on, but I, I guarantee you, and I promise you that we will touch on this and we'll have her on to try to get her thoughts on this because I don't think banning her from the show is the right answer. So when she came on, we, we asked her about this. Um, and she, you know, she, she spoke fairly earnestly. Um, but in in the, in the process of defending what she initially said about you and your sexuality before you were ready to share that with the public was that she genuinely didn't feel that that's what she was doing. She said that on Vendetta's stuff that she had seen and been around involving you guys um, made her think that when she put that out there in that tweet or in that status or whatever it was, it was not her outing you. It was simply her saying something that to her, the people she knew, the people she was surrounded by during the filming of that show, and presumably America because she didn't know what was you know, shot for television or not, knew as well. So here's a question straight from Michelle. Uh, Natalie, did you and the Challenge Gods have any type of conversation about whether to air or not certain relationships you had on vendettas in order to protect certain aspects of your private life? How would you have reacted or handled your private life if they had aired that on vendettas? So I... I, okay. So oh, this private situation that happened. Yeah. Night one or night two, I made out with Veronica. Um, not a lot of people are there, maybe one or two other people. Kaylee was not there. Um, it was a makeout. Um, uh, most of the girls, not every single girl, but most of the girls are making out with girls. Um, Melissa even made out with a couple, Brittany and, um, she made up with Brittany and she made out with Nicole. There's girls making out with everyone. Um, so it was one makeout session and if that aired, it wouldn't have been something that I'm ashamed of because just because I'm making out with a girl doesn't mean I'm a lesbian. What was my problem with that situation is that she outed me as a lesbian. Um, which I, I thought that was so strange. I'm like, just because I made out with one girl, meanwhile, all these other girls are making out with each other, but they're not being called lesbians. I'm very confused. So if that was aired out on TV, me making out with Veronica, it would have been a very proud moment for me because I think Veronica is a great player. She's a legend on the show and she's hot. So I would have been like, yes, I made out with a girl. And yes, I've made out with girls before. It's a normal thing. And um, a lot of girls make out with girls. It's just a thing, you know? I um, kissed a girl and I liked it. Can you play that song after yeah. she says that, Scott? <laughs> Uh, only, only because we can't get the rights, not because it'd be tacky. Um, no, play the song. What, do you have, and look, we don't need to linger on this, but I do think, you know, cause, and, and, you know, we spoke earlier about this and how, you know, this is in essence. And I think 
especially down the line, looking back on it, it's going to seem like a blip yeah. on the on the overall story of Natalie Negrotti, which now I know I've been saying your name wrong this whole time. I said Natalie Negrotti. It's Negrotti. What? Um, I, you know, it's a blip on this on this amazing story and run that you've had on the challenge and will continue to have. So as sad as I was when it happened, like now, you know, I got to like speak my truth. E News picked it up. Everyone picked it up. I'm pansexual. The world knows it now. Great. So, and I'm happy with my life and I'm happy with who I am and I'm comfortable in my own skin. Um, I've spoken to Kaylee and we, I wish her the best. Like I, listen, if we ever do a show together, like I, I want to do my makeup and hair with her. I want her to do my makeup and hair. Like I don't have any hard feelings anymore. Yeah. It was a really tough moment in my life, but we've hashed it out. We can move forward and I don't want to dwell on, dwell on the past, but you know what I'm saying? And I don't want her attacked. I just don't care anymore. Like this is so last year. And I, all I did was take a stance and, and, and tell people, you know, outing is not okay. And look, look, she didn't even know that outing, like in her country, I guess it's not the normal thing. So, you know, I educated a lot of people on what the norm is for outing because suicide is a direct, you know, is directly attached to outing. So. Yeah. And I say that sometimes on this show, which treads the line when it comes to behavior and, you know, almost on a season by season basis, someone does something that you can look back on and say, well, at least we learned the lesson of you can't do that in real life. And, you know, on, this didn't even play out on camera, but this is an example of that. And this got them to tack on that warning at the end of that episode. And even if she didn't do it on purpose or it you know, came from a place of ignorance because she's from another country, it led to an education process, which is great. Yeah. And I've had so many DMs, I'm not kidding you, of so many different people, like football, buff football players that you think are straight DMing me, thank you for living out your truth, like you make me feel normal. I've had, you know, every kind of person that looks every type of way, every color DM me and been like, you're, and has told me you're an inspiration, like you make me feel normal. And that wouldn't have happened if Kaylee didn't out me because I would have never came out myself with, with my truth on that. Um, I didn't ever want to tell the public that, but that's something I ended up having to tell my family and tell everyone. And now it's just like, you know, a lot of, a lot of people have DM me thanking me and it ended up being something good. It's better that it happened to me than someone else. Yeah. Awesome. And I'm glad to hear you guys have, you know, put water under the bridge for the most part too. DM'd a few times. We talked on the phone. I called her. I'm so over it. And I want this issue to, if she's learned from this and, and that's, you know, I don't care anymore. Um, I got a couple questions. Yeah. Um, first of all, if me, you, Kaylee, if me, you and Kaylee ever do a challenge together, can I, can you guys do my hair and makeup too? Yeah. <laughs> and my second question is, um, can you explain exactly what a pansexual is yeah so a lot of people are confused and people are like oh do you play with pots and pans it's very funny i actually get entertained reading those comments um so being pansexual is i people are like why are you putting yourself in a box i'm like well i was put in a box and i had to re-put myself in the box i belong to so if i was never put in a box before i wouldn't put myself in this box so it's not because i want to be different it's it's actually a pan, being pansexual is a type of bisexual it just means you're attracted to someone's personality personality, their soul. I don't have a specific look or type I go for. The only appearance trait I really like is someone tall. I love tall people, tall girls, tall guys. Um, and I like someone with really good fashion sense, but whether blue eyes, brown eyes, 
whatever it may be. I don't really have a type. And yes, I've dated short. I've dated tall. It doesn't really matter someone's look. It's their personality. So I am solely, you can show me the hottest guy or the hottest girl in the world. I can't tell you if I like them or not, or if I really think they're hot. Like to me, a Joss, everyone thinks he's drop dead gorgeous. Even friends of mine, everyone thinks he's hot to me. I look at him. He's like just another guy. I am attracted solely to personality. Um, what's so what, what could you like quantify? in a good way? I mean, in a good way, sorry. So, yeah. you're, yeah. Derek's like, so you're saying I have a chance with Joss? Um, <laughs> what if you had to quantify <laughs> what the I think the main uh thing that people uh wonder, myself included, is what the main distinction between that and bisexuality is. Well, it's well, being pansexual means you'll date any type of human, it doesn't matter if it's a trans. I've never dated someone trans, um, but in the future, why not? Who knows, you know? Um, I would date any kind of person. You're a person. It's just the difference. Being bisexual is you date women or men, and that's it. Got it. And is it uh, is it that that distinction is sort of you know recently you know is because I think a lot of people it might have been the first time they heard the term. And yeah. so I'm wondering, is it a newer term or is it one that people are using more often now because uh, trans culture is so much more prominent as far as being in the public eye and whatnot? I think that it's been around for a while, but because it's being so so much more po- you know. It, People are using it a lot more now. I think that's why. So people are reading more about it and it's being used more. But I remember Miley Cyrus came out as pansexual. So like there was one article with me next to uh, Miley Cyrus. And it was like, I forgot from what publication. They're like, oh, the pu- the pansexual um, art- um, artists or celebrities. And it was me next to Miley Cyrus. So I think it's just becoming a more normal thing. And I'm really happy because the LGBTQ community is just getting so much more respect and acknowledgement. And Um, I also want to be, there's a stigma with being bisexual and being pansexual is like, you're a slut or, oh my gosh, like you're confused or you're all these different things. And I wanted people to know the real me and I'm not confused. Being pansexual means I just, I'm just like everyone else, but I'm just, I can't, if I think you're hot through the exterior, I'm not going to think you're hot. I'm, if your personality is awesome, I'm going to be like, this person's so fucking hot. So being pansexual means you're just more inclined to someone's personality, their soul, their spirit, who they are as a person. And the looks just don't really like, they don't really matter. Granted, um, my girlfriend is really hot, but I didn't choose her for that. She's the nicest person I've ever met in my life. So, um, Miley Cyrus, that's cool company to be in. Also, what, where did they run that? I don't remember. It was one of those articles. I don't remember which publication it was, but, um, it, it was kind of cool seeing that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, you're, you're obviously, you're, you know, making the most of what started off as an unpleasant situation, poorly timed one, one that you didn't necessarily start based on, you know, uh, your, your own intention, but obviously you've turned it into a great thing here. And I, you know, kudos to the show as well for, you know, turning it into a message. And I think, you know, Kaylee's come around on it and, uh, I know you guys have had proper, uh, private conversations and everyone seems to be in a great place. So to anyone listening who, who just wanted to kind of put that to bed or wanted to get Natalie's thoughts on what Kaylee said on our podcast or just wanted to confirm, you know, what, what Natalie's views were on it since, you know, it was briefly touched on at the reunion. But to be honest with you, the conversation in the back and forth you guys had at the reunion, I think myself included, left viewers a little bit unsettled. So I think this is a little bit of a better version of that. Yeah, I agree. Let's not throw hate everyone. Let's just move on. Let's, yeah. this is history for me and Kaylee. Everyone needs to move on too. We all were educated. Now Scott and Derek know, and you guys know what a pansexual is. It's not someone that plays with pots and pans. So it's great. Yes. Speaking of moving, speaking of moving on, would that mean that the the pee and pansexual 
is LGBTQP. <laughs> it's B. It would be considered under the B. Oh. Because it is a type of bisexual. Okay. I but just... actually, I'm not going to lie, D, not a terrible question. Yeah. So yeah. I'll give well, you that. I, I'm not going to lie to you either. I think there's more L- than LGBTQ. There's probably, it might be out of there too, the P. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not, I don't study these things. I just know what, what I like and what I don't like. Um, but it is it, everyone now it's a type of being bisexual. So technically I am bisexual. So people are like, wait, you just said you're bisexual, but you're pansexual. Yes, I am. But bi- it's a form of bisexual. You know, I love that. Yeah. Managed to clear up a lot of it for, for some of the listeners. Cause I know you look, I mean, I, I plead ignorance as well that I did not, when I heard the term used by you earlier this year, I wasn't aware of the distinction or, or what the difference was. So it's good to know they're actually, you know, it's, it's a, a segment of bisexuality. It's not something completely different or contrasting. For all you viewers, bisexual and pansexual people doesn't mean we're promiscuous. I'm actually the big, I'm actually one of the biggest proofs. <laughs> I never even slept with Johnny, so I don't sleep with a lot of people. I'm not one to do that. Yeah. So, well, you don't have to be a prude to not sleep with Johnny. Hey, oh. Do, do you have to be? Do you have to be a? Do you have to be a prude to be pansexual? Just kidding. Just kidding. Since we're doing all of our research on on pansexuality, I've got one more sexual question to ask. What does does the word pan mean? Personality? No, it means every. Hmm. I don't even know that. So thank you for clearing that up. Yeah. It means every or all. Yeah. Derek, it means I play, I play with pots and pans. That's what it means. So, well, I mean, if, if they got personality, then I, we got no problems. Um, so right? yeah, it means it means all. Thanks, Scott, for that knowledge. Yeah, um, but let's let's get you out of here on this. Thank you for clearing all that up and sharing all that. We really appreciate it. I know a lot of people listening and who follow you uh, really appreciate how open you've been over the past year about all that stuff. Um, challenge future for you. I want to put it broadly because you know rumors are we're going to be hearing pretty soon who's going to be on this next season. We don't know if you're going to be on it or not. But hypothetically, there, if you were to play again, say again. Is there, is there a next season coming out? Yeah, season 33 coming out. Uh, we don't know what it's called. We don't know when it's airing, but they have confirmed there will be one. Um, and we're, we're sitting on pins and needles waiting for the deets. But I just want to know, hypothetically, if you play again, Natalie, who from this last run, Vendetta's Final Reckoning, are you really looking forward to getting out there and competing with or against again? Honestly, I don't really know if I want to do the challenges again. Um, so that's a question that I have to figure out myself. Damn. I thought she was all balls to the wall at the beginning of this podcast. And I am balls to the walls, but there's so much that goes on into the challenges. Like other than like, there's just so much, you know, and I'm still trying to figure out a lot of things in my life. And, um, I mean, I, I'm really crushing life right now. So I, I might do a challenge in the future. I might not. I don't know. Um, that's something I have to kind of figure out internally. And I, 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 I sort of understand, I feel like I understand where you're coming from because, and, and something that some things that other people don't understand, like our viewers is that is how emotionally and mentally draining yeah. these things are. Is that what you're alluding to? Yeah, is that sort of, it's, there's so many things that is one of the things, of course. And you know, just the negativity and the drama and just the toxic, like I went on Twitter one day and it was just before new year's during Christmas and holidays and everyone's fighting everyone. I'm like, this shit is toxic, man. And, you know, I just, I really like, I am a positive person. People call it fake, but actually I'm a straight shooter. When I don't like someone or I don't like something, I don't talk to them. I tell them to their face. I don't like them. So that's real. 
uh, maybe I break deals or, you know, I play a strategic game and you guys think it's fake. It's uh, it's a game and it's a strategy. If I was a man, people would have respect for me. So there's just a lot that goes into this. And I don't know. Um, I got to really figure it out if I want to continue doing this or not. And it, there's just so much. It's it's dangerous. It's tough. It's hard. You know, the backlash you get from it and people just being so invasive in your private, you know, your personal life. It's just I don't know. I I'm a very positive person. So I got to see if this is still in line with who I am as a person. Well, if you're listening to this and you want to send some kind words of encouragement towards Natalie's way, because you had a hell of a year, my friend, and a hell of a rookie season, and you really made a splash. And look, we went over some of those eliminations. They were definitely physically exerting, physically taxing. We mentioned some of the emotionally draining stuff that you went through and that people go through in general. So we would understand or respect your decision if you decide not to come back, at least in the near future. But I know there's a lot of people listening to this saying, oh, please don't go please don't go. So let her hear it folks. Yeah, I'll start. Can I start? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't, don't get discouraged. You know, um, if, if it has something to do with like, with like real life and I can't do it because I, I need to pursue a job and do and have like a real life and be a real person, like totally get it. You know what I mean? Like some you, you, people, normal people can't take two months off of work. You know what I mean? But if it's, if it's from a, a challenge standpoint and, you know, a competitive standpoint, um, it, it, it took me a long time to, to win one of these things, you know, and, um, I was down 10 years. CT said it took him 10 years to win one. Yeah. It, 10 years, 10 years. And, um, you know, it took me, it took, I won my, on my sixth try, you know, and, you know, sometimes people don't win at all, you know, um, and, and I got to the point that where I was like, if I lose again, like I, 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 I'm going to cry. Like I'm going to feel like the biggest loser. And I kept seeing that final men's elimination. I've been, I've been to the final men's elimination five times and I've lost three of them. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, and, and the thing is, it's like, it's just like, you just can't give up. You know what I mean? Because every game is going to be kind of like you said, it's like, uh, I tried, I tried doing it, you know, the honest way I tried doing it with, you know, throwing fibs for survival sake. No one's hating on you because you tried to survive one of these insane games that nobody knows about, except for the people that have lived in it. Um, so it's like, you know, if, if your body can hold up and, 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 and mentally you can, you can take on another, you know, a, another mind another very difficult mind game, you know, I say, keep going at it, man. Keep trying, keep fighting and, and enjoy it and enjoy it. And, and as far as like the toxicity goes and you know, what comes along with that, like, you're just going to have to, you're going to have to fend off and stay true to yourself. Like you have and, 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 and fend off the bullets. You know what I mean? Have you seen that scene with Deadpool where he's getting shot at? And like, he's got his swords out and he's cutting through, he's getting all these like bullets shot at him and he's, he's hitting some and he's hitting and, and he's, he's hitting some and he's missing. And, the, and then the scene's over and he's got all these bullets in him. It's like, fuck it. These scars are only going to make you stronger. You know what I mean? And eventually, you know what? You're, you, you've made a, you've had a good run. Like eventually you'll probably get through. You'll probably figure out what you need to get better at. And, and, and. Yeah. And that, that real life chess game will eventually 
get you to the end again, you know? Yeah. Well, I appreciate that, Derek. Like, I do appreciate that because, you know, it's a, it's a tough, you, you understand this, like people don't really understand it because you see all the rookies when a rookie goes on to into the game, even when I was a rookie, but, and now when I watch the rookies on final reckoning, like it's a party smiles, having fun. Right. And everyone's just, this is amazing. And then week one, week two hits and it's like cutthroat. And then week three hits and the rookies are just losing their freaking minds. Yeah. And like just depressed and like, like just thinking about life and like really, you know, it's like, it gets to them. They're like, Oh my God, what am I doing? Um, so it's, people don't realize like it's a lot, but I am good. I'm happy. I'm in a good place. I'm finally, I'm crushing life and I'm pursuing my dreams. Um, but I just really need to keep following my dreams and listen, if I do another challenge or not, we will see. Um, but it has to really be where my heart's at. Awesome. Where are you living these days, Nat? I am in Boston now. I'm in New York a lot. Obviously I'm always in New York for business, but I am in Boston. Awesome. Well, good luck with everything you got going on. Do you have anything else to say to the Challenge Maniacs before we let you go? I'll be at the Celtics game tomorrow. So if you guys are there, say hi. Who are you playing? The um, Pacers. Celtics Pacers. So this is going up on Wednesday. So tonight, Celtics Pacers, if you weren't ready for that game already because the Celtics are your favorite team, now you know Natalie Negrotti will be there. I can't believe this whole time I've been calling you Natalie Negrotti. It's okay. Don't yeah. worry. I'm not one to correct people. But, do um, a lot of people do that, or is it just me? Everyone. I've gotten every kind of last name possible. Negwiri, you name it. It's it's all over the place. But Natalie Negrotti. But in, that's like, but my mom named me Natalia. Well, my real name is Natalia. So my na- my mom named me Natalia Mercedes Negrotti. My dad's American-Italian. He named me Natalie. So it's Natalie Mercedes Negrotti. Got it. Wait, so in what, so, okay, so in one world, you are Negroti. In real life, my real name, I grew up, my Italian side calling me Natalie, or, and then my Venezuelan side calling me Natalia. Um, my nickname growing up was Nati, so a lot of people call me Nati, but I've always had two names. Got it. All right, well, I will, from now on, it's Natalie Negrotti. Because yeah. I don't want to be mixing your, you know, your Venezuelan name with your Italian name. And when someone mid-interview calls themselves not what I call them at the beginning of the interview, that's a fail on my part. So um, <laughs> I appreciate you coming on, Natalie. This was awesome. And hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Have yeah. fun at the Celtics game. Yes, and, guys, uh, say hi. If you're at the Celtics game tonight, say hi to me. Say what's up. Take some photos. Don't be shy. Awesome. And let us know next time you're in New York, Nat. I will for sure. Thank you so much, Scott and Derek. You're a small business, you work hard, but you don't have a huge marketing budget and you're always looking for new ways to find customers. Have you ever thought about audio? You're listening to an ad right now, aren't you? Introducing AudioGo, a new online platform that lets you run ads on the top podcast and digital radio stations. Don't have a radio ad? We'll make one for you. Sign up for free today at audiogo.com. AudioGo, audio advertising made simple. If you think there's a better snack cake out there than Tasty Cake, you're simply Miss Cakin. A day-old piece of sheet cake from a coworker's birthday? Miss Cake? Your child's half-eaten syrup-soaked waffle. That's a common Miss Cake. Or worst of all, you resort to baking. If it's not Tasty Cake, it's a Miss Cake. Because nothing satisfies like a uniquely sweet butterscotch crimpet or rich and creamy peanut butter candy cake. Tasty Cake. Except no substitutes. 
<laughs> All right, there she is, Natalie Negrati. Let her hear it, folks. If you enjoyed her on the podcast, she is at Natalia Negrati on Twitter. And uh, please let her know if you enjoyed her on Challenge Mania, if you enjoyed her performance this year, a Rookie of the Year nominated performance here on the Challenge for Miss Negrati. Yeah, I really just don't think she should give up, man. It's, it, she's she's really started to like make a, a name for herself. Like I said, you know, earning her stripes. She's been in a bunch of elimination rounds. She's won. She's lost. Like that's how you learn how to win one of these things is by winning and losing, by battling, by you know, um, you know, earning those stripes. You know, and and I wasn't joking when I said, man. Pe- look, people don't get their ass beat like that and come out with the win. Like she did, you know, I, even if, even if it was as stupid as like, you know, rolling around in a a ball, like, dude, there was a big man, like just beating the crap, crap out of her. And you know, they came out with the W and not to give, not to not give Pauly credit on that too. Like he helped her survive that, you know, and you know, he gave her the time, he bought her the time. So whatever he was doing over there with Brad too, I mean, that's, that's, that, that's a great team effort, you know? And I hope she comes back because she's like in the middle of the pack now. Like she's one of those girls that like, you know, it'd be nice to team up with her. You know what I mean? Like she's not bad at all. No. And in a different year, she might have won rookie of the year. I'm not going to say who ended up taking this one, but I mean, a tough class to have been in. But I mean, look, I mean, really great rookie performance by her, both on vendettas and on the final reckoning. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, she really made her mark on the show. And I don't know if she means that she's looking to not come back immediately or maybe one or two seasons down the line or or what she meant by that. But yeah, sad, sad to hear that. But whatever she does, she's going to kick ass at no, and, matter what, no matter what. And, and I mean, if you look back on, I mean, she's the one that built the path for these other, these other, t, you know, con- this, these other TV shows, these other worlds, you know, coming in and, and, uh, you know, being able to be on the challenge. Like she was like the first girl. Right. And then she was like, and then she she outlasted Vic, you know, as far as being like someone that's you know coming back again, you know. So like, she's she's already she's got a lot of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? She's she's already um, gotten her feet wet, you know what I mean? So she's she's in there, man. She's in the water, dude. Yeah, she's in there. She's got to um, keep swimming. Congrats to Mickey Katz for winning this week's DraftKings contest. As I mentioned, stay tuned for news next week. We'll be having our our links go up next week once the contest is live, going into the AFC-NFC title games, which the contest will be on the 20th of January. Put it in your calendars, but you will start to be able to put your lineups in and get those... uh, Get those teams ready starting early next week. So keep a lookout. My bio at Shot of Jaeger, his bio at Derek MTV on all platforms. Remember to keep hitting us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash Challenge Mania podcast. Um, let's get to some new patrons, patreon.com slash Challenge Mania. We've got a bunch of them. We'd like to thank, we got a clue from TJ, Kyle Pepe, Michelle Taylor, Suzanne, the Travis Lowe, Anton Hirsch, Alondra Saavedra, Gloria Melvin, Ricky Rose Wolfenson, Leah Heptas, Ali Long, G. Sharoon, Josh, Carissa Carlos, Devin Halleck, Megan McLean, Victoria Rothy, Charde Espinosa, Alyssa Gordon, Charlene Sternagel, Nicole Lorish, 
Sarah Evans, Tiffany Ramsook, Cheryl L. Morley, Aaron Owensby, and Courtney Benson, and Brittany and Johnny Storino. Thank you guys, and welcome to the Challenge Mania patronage, the Pod Squad. We really appreciate you. Really appreciate our sponsor for this episode, Poshmark. Remember, head over there, get the Poshmark app, use the code CHALLENGEMANIA, get $5 off. You can even get clothes that were owned by Brittany Nicole. That's right. Check her out on social at Brittany Nicole. That's right. Giving you a plug, Brittany. If you want to wear clothes with Brittany on them, go to challengemania.shop. Ah, nice transition there, right? If you want to see see Brittany Nicole not wearing those clothes, just go to her Instagram. If you want some Devil's Advocate swag, if you want some Challenge Mania swag, challengemania.shop. Free shipping (laughs) until the 22nd of January. If you spend over $45, the code is at the top of the shop. We hope to see you guys wearing some of that swag over at Caroline's on the 26th of January. Maybe the next day. Well, first, get your tickets for Caroline's, challengemania.live. The next day at Jack Dempsey's Yep, I Like Wrestling Party. That is RSVP at challengemaniapodcast at gmail.com or in Chicago. That's right. I forgot to talk about Chicago earlier. We're hitting the Chicago Improv on February the 8th. We have Tori Fiorenza, Weston Bergman. We've got Derek Kaczynski. We've got Melinda Collins and Nani Gonzalez. And let me tell you, we will have some limited edition swag at this event. And I'm just not even going to allude to what it pertains to. Um, I don't want you guys guessing, but there will be stuff that you can get at this event that you can't get anywhere else that I had my man Craig Marrier put together that is so dope. If you're an old school Challenge fan, you will need to have this. So you have to be at the Chicago Improv. Tickets at ChallengeManiaCHI.com. That's ChallengeManiaShy.com. Don't be shy. We better see you in Chi-Town. Meet and greet sold out, but the live show's at 3 p.m. Tickets still available. ChallengeManiaShy.com. The following weekend, Austin 216. That's right, the 16th of February. We are at the North Door in Austin, Texas. Myself, Derek, the Young Bucks, Nelson Thomas, and Hunter Barfield. And we are also going to be joined by the OG of all OGs, Miss Katie Cooley, a.k.a. Katie Doyle, will be in the house at the North Door. Tickets at ChallengeManiaTX.com. We can't wait to see you guys. We hope you're rocking Challenge Mania swag. You know where to get it. ChallengeMania.shop. D, I will give you the last word as always. Yo, shout out to Mickey for winning that DraftKings contest. That's awesome. I hope she like films uh, like her 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 way to like Challenge Mania live or whatever the one she picks. I mean, if she picks any, that's whoa whoa whoa. She might not even want to go. Or you might just uh, might just see him or her driving around a nicer <laughs> him or car. Her. Yeah, or a nicer bike. Um, well, but congrats to Mickey and congrats to whoever wins our next contest, January twentieth. Keep your eyes peeled. This is unlimited entries, one hundred percent free. Wow. DraftKings is doing that for our one hundredth episode, which is coming up. D, it's coming up soon. One hundred episodes. Wow. Hopefully we can blow it out for them, Scott. You awesome. know, it, it's always it's always dramatic over here. We're working on some big guests, and one of them is going to come through. I know it. Ah, all right. Anyway, um, all right, Kaczynski. What here. you gonna do, brother? What you gonna do when Mean Gene Okerlund comes crashing down all over you? Derek, you okay? Derek, Derek. Either. All right, guys, this ends your time here on Challenge Mania. Take care of yourselves, and hopefully, we'll see you in the future. <laughs>